Welcome! This is Beyond the Hate. I'm Steven. I'm John. And this is the, another Mount Rushmore episode. So if you don't like football, you should probably skip this episode. You'll probably skip this one. <laughs> uh, which is fine. We're here today to talk about the Mount Rushmores of... We decided because we're, we're saying all time in a lot of these scenarios, but we decided that we're going to do uh, the Mount Rushmores of each offensive position today. From the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s. We picked that because we were born in the 80s. So we didn't want to necessarily just throw a bunch of stuff about, you know, like stuff we really, uh, it was a little too old for us. Back um, in the day, Fran Tarkenton was like the greatest quarterback that ever lived. Like how many Fran Tarkenton games have you seen? I don't know, like two, I guess? <laughs> I've seen highlights. I saw like a YouTube yeah, clip. So, so, so I, I, I can say that he was great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, you don't know. Uh, so we, we decided to uh, stick to um, the, 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 the decades that we were alive in. Right. Yeah. Uh, so so we're, we're going to do those. And then uh, we're going to do it position by position, decade by decade. Um, this and, first half is offense. Yeah, this first half is offense, and uh, we're going to give like an overall um, Mount Rushmore after we do our Mount Rushmores of each decade. Right. So we're going to start kind of, uh, well, where it all starts, on the offense. In the trench. In the trench. But normally on these Mount Rushmore uh, episodes, we usually don't do this, but I found just such a gem today. And it's from our cat, they're our boys from New Holland Brewing. Oh yeah, uh, Dragon's Milk White. Uh, so tell them a little bit about Dragon's Milk White, John. Uh, basically, this is uh, this shit is magical. Um, it's like clouds it's, in a glass. Yeah, it's basically like it, it's like just imagine like the smoothest, like creamiest beer that you could drink, mm-hmm. and it, and then. And then, and then this is better than that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's six percent alcohol. Uh, this uh, it's, it's weird. this one's also uh, it comes out of cans as well, which is different because yeah. we pour normally, it in a Pilsner's glass. Because look, any craft beer, I mean, have some respect for yourselves. Pour it in a pour it in a glass. Yeah, exactly. Um, have the correct uh, you know, have the correct you know vessel. Because you're disrespecting the beer, you're disrespecting yourself if you just drink this shit directly you're, you're out of the can. This isn't a Natty Light, okay? Yeah, it definitely yeah. isn't. Doesn't you're not cost the same. This shit is against your head after you get done. Like, yeah, son. Yeah. <laughs> if you do that when you hauling brewing alcohol, I'm pretty sure you will die. I just hit my head with the can, and uh, just I feel as horrible. A joke, yeah. And I feel horrible now. Well, yeah, there we go. <laughs> it didn't really make a sound. It just dented. Yeah, just dented. It's fine. It, it looks pretty cool. <laughs> Steve's like, I can attest. It looked cool. It sounded like shit. It's Microphone like didn't even pick it up. It's not really a, uh, a, a. This isn't like a party beer. This is like I'm gonna sit back and and watch the Mandalorian on Disney Plus kind of beer. You know, Have the Mandalorian. <laughs> right. Which Steve hasn't watched yet, so we can't talk about it yet. Part of the first episode so far. Okay, well, you, they're only up to episode three, so you can catch up. It wouldn't take you long. Yeah. Um, but the Dragon's Milk White, even though it comes out of the can, you know, and we, we're not too big on 
craft beer coming from a can. But if anybody's going to do it right, it's going to be New Holland Brewing Company. And they because did, so obviously, you know, it's three out of three. This is a three out of three. Everything that they make is a three out of three. I don't think they know how to make a shitty beer. Nope. Uh, it, it is impossible. Right, because uh, whatever the fuck they're doing up in, uh, in, in New Holland, Michigan, they are crushing it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, not unlike john trying to crush the can with the <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah which uh you people can't see so just just take my word for it it was epic <laughs> it was great okay so we're gonna start off with the offensive lineman of the 80s yes so i think this one's really easy you might debate me on some of this but i think the mount rushmore of 80s offensive lineman is pretty simple of course probably one of the greatest offensive linemen of all time anthony munoz yeah. He's there. I would, I mean, uh, yeah, I would put M- he, Munoz on there. He's already there. And we talked about this earlier. Mike Moonchak, he's on there. Yeah. Um, John Hanna. Yeah. Has to be on this. And then my, my other one was Rush Grimm. Oh, uh, yeah, Rush I th- Grimm. I think he has to be on here as far as the uh, 80s. Like the four oh. 80s guys, I think, I think that's them. Yeah. Uh, well, Nunez, Hannah, Grimm, and Moonshot. Yeah. Um, the the only other one, uh, shit, what was the, the name of, um, you'll know this, the 49ers center during the Montana era, was it Dwight Stevenson? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think it was Dwight Stevenson. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe he would, I would be uh, He would be kind of like a special mention because I'm like, I always thought of him too. I was like, because, I mean, he's the center that directly deals with Joe Montana you know, you have to be a pretty smart center to be able to make the calls in that offense. Yeah, I mean, you know, so uh, yeah, I was I like, he would be another one of those guys that I would think of immediately as being, you know, just a great offensive lineman. But it's hard to debate. I don't know if you can put him. Over I couldn't any put of him above guys. somebody like Russ Graham or Munchak. There's or, a lot of guys in the '80s that you can give props to, as far as like how yeah. great they were, and and, and that's going to be in every era. There's going to be people that you be like, well, what about? This guy, and it's like... But it has to I be mean, the top four, you know? Because yeah, Mount Rushmore be the, is, you know, what's supposed to be, like, the four great presidents. Yeah. Although, one of them only got on... He put his own face on it because he was the one that commissioned the damn mountain to be made. Pretty but brilliant. aside from that, though... <laughs> uh, uh, you know, so, you know, uh, that right there, I think, is a pretty solid Mount Rushmore of the offensive lineman of the 80s. Yeah. So I don't. Think I don't know had, if I could debate that much. Uh, that, I don't think we had to spend too much time on that. And of course, that one's pretty easy. Of course, in the '80s, these these people were on like the Bengals, the Patriots, the Redskins, and the Oilers. Yeah, like the Redskins out of all of them are probably the best team. Uh, so like, yeah, those those are uh, those are pretty solid though, as far as offensive linemen. Now, but Munoz was on the Bengals at a time when they actually could get to championship games and get to a Super Bowl. Yeah, they had Ken Anderson for part of that, and then they had Boomer Esiason for the other part of that. Boomer! Good old Boomer Esiason, yep. Ken Anderson, the better quarterback of the two. Just most people know Boomer Esiason more because he's, you know, he's on TV. Yeah. Uh, but if I had to take one out of the two, and I do like Boomer, I I would take Ken Anderson. Oh yeah, Kenny Anderson was was yeah. the truth. He was great. Now for 90s. His time. All right, uh, moving on. I think I think that's probably all there has to be said about. I can't. I don't. I can't really debate that. I think that's pretty solid. Okay, yeah. so the 90s, I also think solid. But you might debate me on this one. 90s, uh, William Rofe. Willie uh, Rofe. Willie Rofe. Willie Rofe is one of the best. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tony Baselli. Baselli. Yeah. Okay. Hadn't heard that name in a while, but yeah, <laughs> Baselli was good. Uh, Bruce Matthews. Bruce. Yeah, Bruce Matthews. And Steve Wisniewski. Steve Wisniewski. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Wisniewski. Yeah. yeah, for a center. Yeah. So those those were my four for this. Yeah, for the nineties. Because I'm trying. The only other one that I could think of. Um, shit, he was uh he was the was he was the Chiefs left tackle. Was it Casey Wigman? No, Wigman was a no Wigman, guard. Wigman was later. I think you're thinking about Willie Shields. Shields, yeah, yeah, Shields. yeah, yeah. That's not yeah. that. That's what I'm trying to think of. Shields, and then the other, yeah, Casey Wigman was later because he was like what he played 2000s? for the Chiefs and the Broncos. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That was like in the 2000s though, late 90s. But the early 90s, 2000s. I think, is actually pretty solid. The 2000s is when we get a little crazy. So Willie Willie Rove, Bruce Matthews, Tony Baselli, and Steve Winooski. Yeah, uh, that's I, probably the '90s four because Tony Baselli was great. He was like a five or six time Pro Bowler. Uh, you know, he 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 kicked a lot of ass. Yeah, um, and he's very physical. Very, he'd fuck you up. He was more known for fucking defensive players up than than he was like he was kind of like. Um, uh, kind of like the pre uh shit what was that dude's name um that saints offensive lineman um kyle turley kyle turley oh yeah Tony yeah Baselli yeah was kind of like the original kyle turley like the guy that's just he'd fuck you up if you you, you fucked with it he, yeah he oh yeah he would yeah he would pancake the you shit know, out of yeah, you yeah he he was pretty brutal so and then uh steve wasnewski was kind of like a um you know kind of like an uh, original jeff saturday type uh uh you know, offensive lineman, very smart, very technical. You know, Bruce Matthews was a bruiser. You know, very smart offensive lineman. Yeah. You know, great at pole blocking and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, big mauler. You know, Willie Rove. Just nobody ever got past. You know, William Rove. Yeah. Oh no. Just, we, yeah. No Rove. Didn't. It's like one of those things. Like you would, because I remember like seeing like old like broadcasts and stuff when I was like watching back in the day, and Madden was on. Uh, commentary with um, uh, shit. What was the guy that used to be his commentary partner before he got oh, Al Michaels? Damn it! Because uh, um, he, he used to he I used to be that. Now. Um, uh, I just sh- forget now. Um, shit! What was that guy's name? Um, because uh, he used to do those. Uh, I think it was they worked at. Um, was it NBC at that time? No, it wasn't. It was not Brad Nessler. <laughs> oh, God, no. It's one of the things about going back and playing the old NCAA football games. Because that dude sucks. Pat Summerall. Pat Summerall, yeah, yeah. yeah. The legendary I remember Pat watching those old games where uh, Pat Summerall and, uh, you know, rest in peace, Pat, uh, he would do those games with Madden back in the day, and whenever they would talk about, um, it's like, because uh, Willie Rofe played for, was it the Chargers? Did he, uh, play he played. For, he played for a couple teams, but uh, he. I think he was more famous for playing for the Chargers. For the Chargers, yeah, because that's who I remember him. Yeah, um, and uh, they, whenever they would talk about Willie Rofe, like Madden would have like a paragraph about Willie Rofe and his blocking. You know, <laughs> it's oh, like I mean, it, he it, would just he would just start talking about his blocking. You know, he was talking about watching tape on an offensive lineman or something like that, and how you won't. Every offensive lineman to block is it's will you know it's William Rove. Uh, I keep trying to say Willie because that's what they always called him. They called him Willie Rove. Willie is it, William, but they always called him Willie Rove. 
Uh, so, so you know, uh, it was one of those things. It's like you want to see how an offensive lineman's supposed to play that's not dirty, he's a clean person, he doesn't cut block, he's just a straight-up guy that can beat you. He'll put you on your back. Doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. You know, Rofe could have played this against Reggie White. <coughs> Reggie White would have had trouble. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't have been easy. And Reggie is one of the defensive, you know, one of yeah, the He's going to be on the next next episode. He's going to be, you know, like, the spoiler alert, whenever we're talking about <laughs> yeah. Mount Rushmore of defensive players, period, he'd be in the top four. <laughs> I just don't. It'd be see hard him. to argue against. I against don't see him. how he wouldn't. He's one of the most dominating yeah. defensive linemen ever. Yeah. So I mean, and you and I just said Willie Rofe could block him. Right. Yeah. You know, he could. He could have. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, because he had to. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what was Rofe had had to do, and he did. He can. He can do it. You know, he's one of those guys that could block like a modern day JJ Watt or. You know, somebody like that. I mean, like Von actually, Miller. Yeah, so these, yeah. these great people. So Aaron he, Donald, yeah. Yeah, so he has to be, you know, on that uh, Mount Everest. So the 2000s, um, uh, gets a little bit more complicated to me. <laughs> because the reason it gets complicated is because I got. You know, we were just talking about Will Shields. Yeah. He's on this because he's he played more in the 2000s than he did in the 90s. Yeah. So Will Shields is on this. Orlando Pace. Yeah, Orlando Pace. I'm, I'm saying I'm saying on this, not as the four. I'm saying these are the people that Because Ar- be Orlando was the left tackle for the Rams during the, the greatest Rams. show on turf. Jonathan Ogden. Yep, Ravens Jordan tackle. Jordan Gross. Steve yep. Hutchinson. Oh yeah, Steve Hutchinson is probably the greatest guard of the 2000s. Kevin Mawai. Kevin Mawai. Probably the best center and then you could almost say the same thing with Olin Krutz. And then Jeff Saturday. And Jeff Saturday. Yeah. So there's 8. There's 8 right there. That's difficult. So, oh god. So I think <laughs> right off the bat, I think Jonathan Ogden has to be on the Mount Rushmore of the 2000s. To me, Ogden and Pace need to be the first two. I think Ogden and Pace. Then you, have to, then you have some debating because I think my gut one... feeling, my next one would be Kevin Mawai. Oh, really? Yeah. Because Kevin Mawai was a fucking beast. That just throws this all up. So I'm saying for, for sure, Jonathan Ogden, Orlando Pace, I agree with you 100%. Those are the first two. So Kevin Mawai... I pretty much agree with that, too. He had a great career. He never really had a bad season. Then I think, leaving Will Shields, Jordan Gross, and Olin Krutz in the dust, it has to be Steve Hutchinson. Hutchinson's probably one of the best guards of a generation. Of of maybe even all time. I mean, you're talking about the guard that basically was the, the guy that... Opened up so many holes for Sean Alexander. Sean Alexander and helped you know Matt Hasselbeck have the time he needed mm-hmm. to do what Hasselbeck was good at. Then he went to the Vikings and did the same thing. Yeah, with Adrian Peterson. With Adrian Peterson and helped Adrian. Adrian Peterson. Peterson's early career was helped by the fact that he had Steve Hutchinson. He had a veteran guard, pole blocking guard that could just spring and make all kinds of holes. Yeah. It's and... it's difficult to say that he wasn't like the greatest guard of that generation. Yeah, so I, I, I think I think that's pretty 
I thought it was going to be a lot harder, but I do think it's Jonathan Ogden, Orlando Pace. If you tell me you have Kevin Olin Kruitz or Kevin Mawai, I'm, I'm going to take Kevin Mawai. Yeah, I, I think I between those two, because you know you got to think of you know Kevin Mawai uh, playing for for the Titans in those days. Yep. And then you you know these these running backs that played for them, they would have like these massive thousand yard seasons, and then they would leave and go somewhere else, and their careers over. And one yeah, of the like uh, like uh, Chris Johnson. Like Chris Johnson would, you know, he was like, oh yeah, I'll go make money somewhere else. And Didn't Eddie George at the end of his career? He was, uh, he had Kevin Mawai there. Yeah, and then he had like a couple thousand yard seasons, like towards the end and stuff. Yep. And it's because Kevin Mawai is like leading this offensive line, so yeah, it's hard to keep him off. So Kevin Mawai, Steve Hutchinson, Jonathan Ogden, and Orlando Pace. I think that's. Very hard to argue. That's a pretty against. quality. You know, if you want to switch right it there. out with Will Shields, Jordan Gross, Olin Krutz, or Jeff Saturday, you know, if you want to switch some some of those out with any of those people, that's you. But ours, Ogden, Pace, Hutchinson, and Mawai, for best of the two thousands. Yeah, and the two thousand and tens, which is basically still in the current times that we're in right now. Yeah. But um, yeah, 2010 to 2019. Basically. I think number one shoot Joe Thomas. The man's basically a Hall of Famer at the Browns, no less. I think Joe Thomas, easily the, one of the best of the 2010s. Yeah, it's it's hard to it, yeah it would be hard to argue against against him because Joe Thomas is a beast. And then I think number two, Jason Peters. Jason Peters. Oh yeah, yeah. I just yeah. don't think that you can take him off this mountain. I mean, this dude's been great, and then he's he's also been great with one of those reasons. And then you're like, yeah, Jason Peters still plays, and you're like, wait, what? He's he does? Yeah. And then you look at this shit, and it's like, yeah, he not only does he play, he fucking crushes. Like no one gets past him. And he started in 2004, so yeah. he's been playing for 15 years. 15 years, and he's still like one of the best in the game. Yeah. Because we were talking about that the other day, actually. We were actually watching a game the other day, and then they mentioned Jason Peters, and I was like, Jason Peters still plays? Yeah. And not only does he play, he plays amazing. He's still like a pro bowler. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that he's like in in the league for 15 years and he can still have that kind of stats, like that's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, this dude... You know, yeah. And the longevity. I was trying to see like uh, what his uh, sex allowed were. I don't see it. I don't know if it mentions it on here. It's probably zero. <laughs> They're like, sex allowed? What are you talking about? No one gets sex on Jason Peters. Um, and then I think the other four are actually kind of up to debate. So we're about to probably debate this. Okay. Zach Martin. Zach is one of the best. Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith, yeah, that's Trent Williams and Joe Staley. I was trying to think. You wouldn't put Nate Solder on there? No. You don't think you'd put Nate, Nate Solder's Solder? had some bad seasons. Yeah, well, there was sometimes Brady got sacked and it was because of Solder. Um, 
sometimes I think Solder gets a little too too uh, cocky, and sometimes he gets lazy. Yeah, that's true. He he's a freak as far as, far as a cider, but whenever you're talking about the best, you know, like the the best of. Um, part of me wanted to put Marquise Pouncey on this too, and you can. You can throw him in this argument. If also. you wanted to throw at least a center in there somewhere, yeah, because Pouncey is one of the best centers, you know. And then also Alex Mack, you can throw Alex yeah. Mack in this. What about Marshall Yanda? I mean, he's Marshall probably Yanda, the best guard. I didn't actually. That's actually one of the debates I had with myself: is what generation does Yanda belong to? And I guess it would be the 2010s. It'd be the 2010s, wouldn't it? Yeah, so I, I guess uh, because he's played for a long freaking time. That's what I'm saying. I, I know he's played mainly in the 2010s, but he's played for a long time. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, if you wanted to give a yeah argument for Yanda, I would put him a three. I'd put him, uh, Joe Thomas, Jason Peters, and Marshall uh, Yanda at three, definitely. Yeah, well, go okay, because he played in. Uh, he started in 2007. Yeah, Marshall so he's Yonda a two thousand and tens. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about like, uh, you know, he's and he still plays for the Ravens. He's never left the Ravens. Seven time Pro Bowl offensive lineman. That's amazing. Seven times Pro Bowler, two times All Pro, one time Super Bowl championship. I was like, because I remember uh, Pat Yonda, McAfee yeah. was talking about him the other day because uh, he had uh, they were d- talking about the Ravens offensive line on Lamar Jackson and stuff. And he was like, Marshall Yonda's fucking killing people out there still. He was like, and nobody talks about this guy, you know? <laughs> like he's they're like, what, I mean, really, what is there to talk about at this point? It's Marsh, just, you know, it's Marshall Yonda. We, we get it. Yeah. You're fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, okay. So for my, my votes, Joe Staley, then. Joe Staley, I think he's one of the most solid offensive linemen that the 49ers has had in years. Well, um, and if you want to talk about like a really tall tackle, too, I mean, he's kind of like the prototype of what you look for now. And the only reason it's not Zach Martin, who I love, is his injury issues. I just don't think he gets it. Now, you could make a you could make an argument. To me, I think the only argument is against Joe Staley isn't, isn't even uh, uh, Tyron Smith. It's Trent Williams. He's the only one. I think that could take that 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 four spot from Joe Staley, in my opinion. Yeah, Trent Williams has played great football ever since he's been in the league, and he's still pretty pretty decently young. So, that would be the only like person I think in the 2010s that could take that four spot from Joe Staley on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, that's true. Because I was trying to think, I was like. I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, what uh, What era was Chris Samuels? And uh, Chris Samuels was like the earlier 2000s. Yeah, so he was like, the earlier 2000s. Because I kept thinking, I was like, because he was like, a, he's a six-time pro bowler. But then I was like, no, nah, but he's already retired and everything now. He, he retired right, well, in like Well, in the 2000s, you know, Chris Samuels, uh, he would have been the argument with, you know, Ogden and Pace and Hutchinson and Moana yeah. and stuff. And I just don't think he would have replaced any of those guys. No, I mean, if you're telling me you're doing like a fantasy draft and it's like you can choose between like Orlando Pace, Jonathan Ogden, you know, and like those kind like, you know. <laughs> you would want Samuels on the line with them. Right, yeah. But you, you wouldn't, wouldn't pick him take, first. You wouldn't take him over them. So I would probably take Ogden of that group if it was me. Oh, if I was taken <laughs> out of those four, it'd be Ogden. Yeah. Uh, Ogden was a fucking piece. And then, then to me, it'd be Steve Hutchinson next. Yeah. 
and then then Orlando Pace and then Kevin Moore. Yeah. Uh, but Sounds yeah, if you're it. if you're drafting, <laughs> I think you're you're taking uh, Jonathan Ogden. So let's do this the same way. Let's just do this the same way, uh, so we can figure out our four. So we're doing a fantasy draft. Um, Only pick one from each decade. Uh, no, no, we're not. We're not finished. We're just doing the tens. That that is how we're going to do the, the. Okay, okay, yeah. The final one though. That, that's a that's a great idea actually. We're coming up this as we go. Uh, so in the 2010s, just to get our try to figure out our fir- fourth person. So we know Joe Thomas is on the board. Jason Peters yes. is on the board. Marshawn is on the board. Yeah. So let's say um, out of those people, I would take um, I would take Jason Peters first. Uh, then who would you take second? Um, Yonda. Yonda second, then I would take Joe Thomas, and then the people that are left on the board are um, uh, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Trent Williams, and Joe Staley. Who do you take? Oh, I'm going to take Trent Williams. Trent Williams it is. That's our our four. Because Trent Trent was a beast, too. Well, he still played. No, he retired in uh, 2018. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Trent Williams. Knew, yeah. So, so that's our four. See that that's how you want to look at it. Whenever you're seven time team. Pro Bowler, dude was an amazing, <laughs> amazing player. Yeah, he so, played for what eight years and only missed the Pro Bowl once. That's fucking great. So, okay. So, um, we'll uh, yeah. So I have the you know I have the list. So we'll the the Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from the eighties to the two thousand and tens. The actual all-time one. We're going to do it in a draft order type thing. This would be like the all-time team? Yeah. So um, All-time offensive lineman by decade. So you draft for the 80s. I'll draft for the 90s. You draft for the 2000s. And I'll draft for the 2010. You can only take one. Okay, so 80s. If I'm taking in the 80s, the lineman I'm taking is Anthony Munoz. Anthony Munoz. And if I'm taking in the 90s, I'm taking uh, William Rofe. Willie Rofe, okay. 2000s, um, I think we already know who this is. Jonathan Ogden. It's Jonathan Ogden. And if it's 2010, I think I'm taking... Joe Thomas. No, I think I'm going to take J- Jason Peters. Oh, okay. I think Jason Peters would be on the uh, rush. You take him over Joe Thomas. That's kind of controversial. <laughs> I don't think so. I just I don't I don't think. Not to say that Peters is bad because I mean he wouldn't be here if he wasn't good. But it's like yeah, I just uh, I think um, if you're looking for a guy, um, but you just don't you don't hear about Jason Peters ever fucking up and having issues ever. And he doesn't really he get hurt. Doesn't retire early and he doesn't. Yeah, fifteen complain. years. You know, he's just, he's the, one of the, he's the perfect player. Yeah, to like build a team around, so, build a I line mean, around. That's over Yonda and Trent Williams and Joe Thomas. So I think, I still think, that's great though. Jason Peters, Jonathan Ogden, William Roth, and Anthony Munez. Yeah. The Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen. That's, yes. If you had. From the 80s to now. Yeah, if you had a football team with those four offensive linemen, it doesn't even matter who the fifth guy is. You're gonna dominate. That it, it could literally be fucking uh uh fucking uh, screech a- from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> it wouldn't fucking matter. 
because there's nobody getting past those four. And so that, yeah, I, th- I think we did the O line. <laughs> it's like you could put in Dustin Diamond with that group, yeah, and you'd Dustin be fine. Dustin Diamond, and he'd be fine. <laughs> he wouldn't even get touched. Right. No one would even touch him. He would just be like, "Why am I even here?" It's like because we need five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we would do it in four. But they told us we had to have five, so we hired Dustin Diamond from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> we taught, we, we, we yeah. pay him 20 bucks. <laughs> but we have four Hall of Famers on our line, so <laughs> I think we're pretty good. We got four out of five. Yeah, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, nothing's getting through that wall. So our next category is tight ends. This is Steve's favorite topic. This is my favorite, and this... It's going to be some interesting conversations, but... 80s, I don't think I don't think it's much of a conversation in the 80s. You got Ozzie Newsom. Yeah. You got Kellen Winslow. Kellen Winslow Sr. Not Junior, because Junior's a fuck mess. <laughs> Kellen Winslow Sr. You for got, the Chargers. <laughs> you got Mark uh, Bavero. And then you have Todd Christensen. Oh yeah, I forgot that's about it. Todd Christensen. That that's it. That's the only four in the eighties. That's it. There's nobody else in the 80s that could even come close to those four guys. Yeah, I was trying to think because I was like, I was like, what about Dave Casper? I'm like, no, Casper was the 70s. He played a little bit in the 80s when he was retiring, but. Yeah, he only played um, until like 82. 82. So he's not an 80s tight end. No, you that wouldn't. Was, he that, was in the yeah, 70s. If you were in 70s tight ends, Dave yeah, Casper Dave would be. Dave Casper would be number one because there were no tight ends like Dave Casper when Dave Casper played. No. He was the only one. He was the original Gronk. He was the original <laughs> Gronk. And, you know, that 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 brought like the next generation of the 80s Ozzie Newsom and then Kellen Winslow. Like, yeah. Two, two of the greatest. Best pass catching you know, tight then you ends. Have, you know, uh, like uh, Mark. Bavero, which was like he played for the Giants, um, uh, and you know he he was like a uh, a better like Mercedes Lewis type guy. Yeah, like yeah. a mostly a blocker. Yeah. And then Todd Christensen, of course, which is a five time Pro Bowler for the Raiders. Yes, uh, <laughs> uh, which is I mean he was an amazing talent. Um, we were pretty good with tight ends back in the day, and we got Waller now. Waller and uh, that was a Foster Moreau or whatever. Yeah. Or was it Forster Moreau? I think it's Foster Moreau. So the Raiders are doing pretty good with, pretty good with tight ends now. Of course, that's Gruden. Gruden yeah. loves his tight ends. So. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think... Um, I don't know it, if you can really debate that group because in my head I was like, Ozzy and Kellen, Kellen Winslow Sr., definitely. And I was like, who would be the other two? And I'm like, well, the other two, Steve, would know this. No, no. One thing is, you would not put um, Dwight Clark on that list because Dwight Clark was the 49ers tight end back in those days in the eighties. Uh, or do you think he didn't have as good a stats as the other guys did? Well, the thing about Dwight Clark, um, that that that's kind of a weird thing. But yeah, Dwight Clark was great, and and Dwight Clark, if there was five, there, there was five people on this list, Dwight Clark yeah. would be on it. And I'm a 49ers fan, but I'm trying to be um, objective. I'm trying to be real about who the best tight ends of that time would have been, and Dwight Clark would have been one of them, just not the top four of them. And a lot of times, we're talking about tight ends. A lot of times, Dwight Clark basically just played receiver. Right. So he didn't really block as much. Yeah, he didn't block as much as these other guys, and he played kind of like a. Uh, 
you know, like a more, like, I guess kind of like a more Gronk uh, version of what a tight end was. So, yeah, I mean, Dwight Clark, obviously great. But um, uh, there's actually another... <laughs> there's actually another Niners tight end that's going to be on the list that's not Dwight Clark in the 90s. And that's going to be Brent Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So, to me, in the 90s, Brent Jones was one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, well, in the 90s, you also have uh, Shannon Sharp and Tony Gonzalez. Well, I, I don't consider Tony Gonzalez a 90s tight end. Really? Because he started in 98. Oh yeah, you're right. That's not a '90s tight end. Well, okay. I guess because I don't know for some reason I thought he started like way earlier than that. No, he started in '98. Well, no, Shannon. Shannon definitely. Shannon is. Sharp is probably the greatest tight end of the '90s. Yeah, Shannon Hall of Sharp. Famer. Brent. Brent. Shout Jones. out to Undisputed. Uh, skipping Shannon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Brent Jones. To me, the '90s is Brent Jones, Shannon Sharp, uh, Ben Coates. Of the Patriots. Oh, and yeah. And then Wesley Walls. He played for the 49ers also and the Patriots. I meant the Panthers. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was later. Wesley Walls played for fucking ever. Uh, he, play, he played so many years. But in the 90s, um, yeah, Brent Jones, Shannon Sharp, Ben Coates, and uh, Wesley Walls, I think, would probably be uh, the best tight ends of the, the 90s. The 90s were kind of like a transition phase into the phase of the greatest tight end generation ever. The which, early 2000s? Which was the early 2000s. because you got... Uh, are we so, going to that so, now? Yeah, we're going to that now. We're just okay. Because like, in the 90s, you had like Brent Jones, Shannon Sharp, Ben Coates, Wesley Walls, and then you had a couple other people that were pretty good. Wait, you telling me that Ben fucking Utech didn't make the list? No. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So, then you get to the fucking 2000s. And this is whenever shit goes down, when tight ends are real. Yeah. Yeah, Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, Jason Witten, Todd Heap, Algie Crumpler, Jeremy Shockey, Chris Cooley, Heath Miller, Dallas Clark, and Vernon Davis. Oh, fuck, yeah. That's... <laughs> shit, I didn't realize there was that many, but yeah, when you start throwing in like Jason <laughs> Witten and fucking Crumpler in Atlanta. What about uh, fucking Boo Williams at the Saints? Boo Williams at the Saints? I mean, I don't know if he... I don't know if he'd make, like, the top four, but he was a damn good tight end, too. Like, I mean, when you're Tight ends fucking exploded around this time. I think if you're going to go with the Rushmore, Gonzalez, obviously. Antonio Gates. Obviously. Antonio Gates, obviously. Um, Then he starts to get maybe a little bit tight, because my... I would say Jason Witten... Because Witten is fucking amazing, and he was the only reason that Tony Romo looked halfway decent most of the time. Yeah. Um, so then, what would you do for for the fourth one? Would it be Vernon Davis? To me, it's Vernon Davis. Because, I mean, you got... Uh, Vernon was... <sighs> Vernon Davis still plays. Yeah. Todd Heat doesn't still play. Algie Crumpler doesn't still play. Witten Jeremy does. Shockey. Witten came back. Yeah, Witten came back. Jeremy Shockey had... Kind of a short career. Shockey probably would have been one of the greatest if he didn't have all the issues. And then he went to the Saints and... He just kind of ruined his career. Kellen Winslow Jr. probably would have had an opportunity at the Browns if the dude wasn't a fucking nutcase. He was a nutcase. Chris Cooley would have been great, but he retired early because 
he wanted to marry a cheerleader. <laughs> uh, you do you, man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Heath Miller was great. I don't think I'd call him one of the greatest tight ends ever. Nah. But as far as this generation, I mean, he was pretty damn good. Yeah. He's more like a fullback that was like, hey, you want to play tight end too? Yeah. Uh, and Dallas Clark was really great, uh, you know. I mean, that was Peyton Manning's safety that blanket. Was Peyton's guy. Um, but I think it's, when you're looking at that, it's, like... It's it's the two Tonys. It's uh, Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates. Obviously. Obviously. I would say Witten at three. Yeah. And then four be Vernon Davis probably because he was faster than Antonio Gates and was stronger than probably all of them. Yeah, I think Vernon Davis is probably the most freakish tight end to ever exist. Yeah. Uh, the, dude, the, the fact that the dude plays tight end is almost illegal. Like that. <laughs> so if we're gonna put him on this, if we're gonna put him on this list, because I wasn't sure which list he would actually land on. The only well, other one that I would think they would compete with him would be Todd Heap, because yeah. Todd Heap was a beast for the Ravens. He was for a great. lot of years. Yeah, and I do think that. And he has only... some shitty quarterbacks thrown to him, like Kyle Bowler. Yeah, I mean, I mean, props to Todd Heap for making Kyle Bowler great. look decent. <laughs> Vernon Davis is still a top tight end in the league to this day. So, I'm going to go ahead and say that four, Vernon Davis gets it. Okay. Uh, so, it's so, Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, Jason Witten, and Vernon Davis. So, this makes this next list easier for me. Okay. Because Vernon can't be on that one. No. Because I was going to include him on that one if he didn't make the next one. Because, like I said, he still plays. Yeah. You know, he was, he was uh, uh, drafted in, you know, halfway through the 2000s. And then he still plays in 2019. Yeah. Uh, so, in 2010s, number one is obviously Rob Gronkowski. The Gronk. The only Patriot player that I actually like. Number two is Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Okay. I can see him. So, who's I, three? Kittle? <laughs> not yet. I'm playing, but Kittle not is yet. on the way. He's going to He's going to be the one for he's the next be the decade. 2020. Yeah, he's going to be the 2020 uh, he's decade. He's probably going to be number one on that one. Right. Uh, and then two, probably Darren Waller if he keeps it up. So, Gronk, Travis Kelsey. I would say Jimmy Graham still makes that list. Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham was a beast. I still say Jimmy Graham makes that list. He still plays. He still plays at a good level. Not like he used to, but he still plays great. And then I say Greg Olson has to be on that list. Greg Olson. Okay. Greg Olson has been one of the most consistent tight ends. Because I was going to say Zach Ertz, but I don't know if he's consistent enough. I don't think he's he's not injury, injured enough. <laughs> you know, like if, if injuries weren't an issue for Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz would probably be up there with Travis Kelsey. Like literally, yeah. I mean, and it's not it's not Zach Ertz's fault. Sometimes you get hurt. Yeah. Sometimes you get a bad shot. You know, you always. Get it could these be the training staff is not preparing them correctly for stuff games. Stuff like that. Maybe they're you know the quarterbacks throwing these wild ass passes and he's having to go up and get them. <coughs> Steve <Why>? Young, <coughs> Steve, <laughs> Steve Young, which is why Gronk got hurt a lot. Because you know, Brady's always not having a great passer. To get passes. You know, and, and the fact know, that he's six foot six doesn't mean you have to throw it eight feet high in the air. Yeah, that's not that's not. It's not great for you know, somebody. Just because a guy body. can go up and get it doesn't mean that you should make him. No, you should hit him in the numbers. Yeah, you should you should try to you should try your best to uh, you know throw where he can catch it. Yeah, that's kind of the quarterback's job. The receiver's job is to catch it when you throw it right. 
right. not to catch it when you just throw some fucking crazy bullshit. And they're like, well, that was an arm's length. He should have caught that. It's like, no, I mean, maybe. <laughs> it's yeah, like, sure. why don't you go out there and try to catch that shit? That's if you just think a lot it's so harder easy. than it looks. It's, it's easy like, to say that on TV when you're an analyst, but it's like actually doing that shit on the field where you're like, oh. It's like, he could have got that. And he's like, well, you see the other three defensive players jumping out of the same boat. Maybe he's like, well, this ball isn't worth a concussion. Yeah, it's not worth, you know, four <laughs> so years I'll, of my life being taken away. I'll just let this one go, and I'll just catch the next one. Right. They're like, oh, that's a lazy piece of shit. And it's like, no, that's probably just a smart player. It's like, you know, and that's the thing about Gronk. He retired before his body totally broke down on him. And now the Patriots are trying to get him back because they don't give a fuck. No. <laughs> They're like, like, die on the field, Gronk. <laughs> catch these passes. We need them SBs. Right. Because uh- <laughs> Brady's so garbage, you can't do anything. <laughs> No, the, that offense hasn't been able to move the ball much at all. Uh, but yeah, he's the GOAT. We'll get into quarterbacks later. Quarterbacks we'll will quarterbacks, be uh, the yeah. grand finale. So, um, do we want to do receivers or running backs next? Um, we'll take a break here, and then I, th- I think we should probably do... I don't know, which one do you think would... Probably running backs, I guess? Uh, yeah, You sure. want to do running backs when we sure. cut back from we'll break? running backs next. Okay. So, because uh, tight ends, I knew Steve was going to breeze through that because that's his bread and butter. Yeah, I got you know? that. Yeah. That's no problem. So I, know, like, I got I know, tight ends. I know who the best of them are. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we'll take a break when we come back. We'll, uh, we'll cover the running backs, uh, receivers, and wrap up with quarterbacks. When the Cleveland Browns drafted Ozzie Newsom, somebody in that organization knew what they were doing. Because there was very little that Alabama did offensively that showed any kind of the skill that Ozzie Newsom displayed as a tight end in the professional ranks. This kid was sensational getting off the line of scrimmage. He was very good in contact down the field. He had good enough speed to beat some safeties. And he had wide receiver hands. And what he rem- uh, is trying to say with uh, wide receiver hands is he could catch a lot of one-handed passes. Yeah. He would do that shit all the time. Yeah. And so before we ended our tight end thing, we forgot to do our uh, little draft. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. The the all-time uh, Rushmore for tight ends. Yeah. The all-time Rushmore for tight ends. And I'm going to draft for the 80s, him for the 90s, me for the 2000s, and him for the 2010. So um, my pick with the 80s would be Ozzie Newsom. Ozzie. That's, that's pretty solid. That's a, that's a good pick. Um, I would say... Ah, oh, shit. I'm trying to think. For the, uh, for the 90s... Uh... Probably, and it pains me to say so because he's a Bronco, but I'd have to take Shannon Sharp. It would probably, it'd have to be Shannon Sharp. Shannon was, was pretty much like a beast. <laughs> I would have to take Tony Gonzalez in the 2000s. Tony is, I, yeah. Tony I, Gonzalez I hate to do is, that over Vernon, but Tony was probably the greatest tight end of an error. Yeah. You know, of multiple errors, maybe. Yeah, he. I mean, he could be up there for, like, greatest tight end of all time, yeah, possibly. I mean, it's just hard to argue that. Tony Gonzalez changed a lot of shit in the game. <laughs> yeah, so, Tony Gonzalez, definitely. Um, uh, it's 2010s. I know who you're going to take. It'd be Gronkowski. It's going to be Gronk. Yeah, Gronk, so, when he's healthy, is a fucking monster. So, Ozzie Newsome, Shannon Sharp, 
Tony Gonzalez and Rob Gronkowski, the Mount Rushmore of tight ends. Yep. Argue that. Chisel that shit into some <laughs> rock, baby. It's done. So, <laughs> so running backs. That's our new category right now. Ooh, this is going to be juicy because there's so, a lot of fucking great running backs. The running backs of the 1980s. Simple to me. This one's really simple to me. This one is Walter Payton. Walter Payton, yes, obviously. Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson, yeah, yeah. Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell. And Roger Craig. Roger Craig. <laughs> I don't know if I could have come up with a better list than that, because I'm like, Craig's got to be in there. And then I, I'd almost forgotten about Eric Dickerson, and you said him. I'm like, oh, yeah, Eric Dickerson, too. <laughs> Eric Dickerson of the 80s, babe. Yeah. I Dickerson, mean, I... Payton. Um, Campbell and Craig. Earl Campbell, yeah. That's um I don't I don't think you could debate that really. <laughs> Mount Rushmore of eighties running backs. Anybody listening to this is probably like, what about that uh what and you don't have anybody else? You don't have anybody. It's Walter Payton, <laughs> Eric Dickerson, Roger Craig, and Earl Campbell, and he's like and if you're like, Does Roger Craig belong on this? And it's like, bitch, he's the reason that Marshall Folk exists. He's the reason Christian you McCaffrey. Have, you can yeah, Christian McCaffrey he was the first of those. The pass catching running backs out of the backfield. Darren Sproles wouldn't exist as a running back were not for guys if like Roger Craig. It wasn't for somebody like Roger Craig. So think about that whenever you're watching football games and you're like, Oh, I like that fast guy that can catch out of the backfield, but also can run straight up field. And it's like you can thank Roger Craig for that. Yeah, he created a new prototype that I don't think people realize. Yeah, you know, basically like Marshall Falk pattern has game off of Roger Craig. Because you had the workhorse backs like Walter Payton, Eric Dickerson, and Earl Campbell, the ones that they just ran a billion times a year. Yeah, and then you had Roger Craig, a guy that would catch out of the backfield, run it, do do a little Payton, bit of everything. Walter Payton to me, because I you know I grew up in Illinois, so I was able to watch a lot of Walter Payton games and stuff, watching Bears games. And the thing about Walter Payton is, you watch Walter Payton, and then you see what like Marshall and Emmett and some of these guys did later, Barry Sanders to be elusive and to not take all those hits and to shake guys and make a miss. Like there's a reason they called the guy sweetness. He's like probably one of the most elusive running backs ever. Walter Payton. Um, <laughs> he created a kind of a prototype in, in his own. Walter Payton may be the greatest running back of all time. He might be. Some people put him probably on that list as one of the greatest yeah, he's yeah. Whenever you talk about great running backs of all time, you know, people are like, "Oh yeah, Jim Brown, Walter, Walter Payton. Payton." You know, like he he's like within like the Those first three you talk about, and it's interchangeable. But one and two is usually Jim Brown and Walter Payton. Yeah. So. Uh, so in the nineties, so that that was a pretty simple one. Yeah. In the nineties, it's it, there's a little bit more uh, fight to it. Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith. Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. And then I kind of ran out after that. <laughs> Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk, yeah. I forgot about Marshall Falk, but Marshall was the 90s. Thurman Thomas. Thurman Thomas from the Bills. You got Marcus Allen. Marcus Allen. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got... Well, would Marcus... Marcus would be more of an 80s running back, though, wouldn't he? No, nah, he did most of his... You could put him in the 80s, but most of his production was in the 90s. He played until, like, 03. Yeah, that's so true. So most of his years were played in the 90s. I guess because I always think of him being drafted to the Raiders in the 80s. and um, you know, I think he was I, actually drafted in, like, it was either 86 or 88, but he played the entire 90s. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. He, I know he played through the '90s because he played he, through the entire '90s. He, when he so went to the Chiefs, yeah, it doesn't matter which year in the '80s he was actually drafted, but because he actually played through the entire '90s. Uh, he was uh, it was 80, 82 to '97. Yeah, what it was. See, he, he played through '82 to '97, so he actually played for a while. He played for a long. time. He played through most of the '80s and most of the '90s. And then you had Christian Okoye. That I thought I would the Nigerian nightmare. I just thought I'd mention on this list because of his brutality to defensive players. Rest in peace, people that tried to tackle Christian Okoye. Yeah, well, in the nineties, you also had what Jerome Bettis too, right? You had Jerome Bettis. I didn't include him on this list. Um, I thought maybe the bus would be on there. Like, I don't know if he'd be on a Rushmore of the nineties because on the nineties. For running backs, you have to put Emmett and you have to put Barry. They're they're Hall of Famers. You can't I, deny those two. I think the first four that I named are the Mount Rushmore: Emmett, they, Barry, Thurman Thomas, and Marshall Falk. And Marshall Falk. That yeah, I, I think those, I can't. Marshall has to be on there because Marshall, like we were saying, like he was the next generation of guys like Roger Craig that could catch yeah. other. The, the reason that the greatest show on turf worked for the Rams when he went there was because of his ability to catch. From Kurt Warner out of the backfield. Marshall had and he was a hell of a runner. A thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving in the same season. Yeah, that's <laughs> that Roger Craig numbers. That 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 shit doesn't even happen anymore to this day. Like Christian McCaffrey is the closest thing we have to Marshall Folt. Yeah. In modern day NFL. Yeah, and if he stays healthy, he's got a good shot of being able to do a thousand rushing, thousand yeah, receiving. He he has a good shot of getting on. But he's one the of these closest goals. one that's any. He's the only one of this generation now. Like, look at how long it took to find another guy that plays like Marshall Falk. Because it's hard. It's not something you can just generate and be like, "I want to play like that." You've actually got to. You got to put in a lot of work because you, you have gotta, to do the work of a running back and a receiver. Yeah, you have to work on your hands. You have to work on your running ability. It's not that. It's not as easy as you. You, you have to think. work on routes. Yeah, you have to work on routes. You have to work with receivers. You have to do a lot of offseason work. But you you can't you you cannot be lazy and be a multi threat running back like that. You can't be. You just have to put in so much work to be good at both. It's like, do you think Darren Sproles is who he is because they're like, oh well, he's just really quick and fast. It's like there's a lot of people that's been in the NFL that's quick and fast, and Darren Sproles isn't on any of these Mount Rushmores, but. You can damn sure believe that he has pretty much everyone that's ever watched football's respect for his career. Yeah. For like, being a short guy like he is and taking the hits he does and, and putting in the work. And with some of the people that they put in the Hall of Fame, if they don't put him in the Hall of Fame, I'd be like, well, this is kind of horseshit. Because they've put worse people in. Yeah. I mean, and he's had a great career pretty much from start to finish. So. And didn't have anything off the field that would make people think he wasn't yeah. a good person. So if that's not a Hall of Famer, I don't know what is. Yeah. You know, I that's mean, true. So Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders, which those two right there alone, two of the greatest running backs. Of you're all talking, time. when you start when you mention Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders, you're talking about two of the greatest of all time. Whenever you just say those two, and names they they played at the back. same era. Whenever you say those two <laughs> names back to back, you just feel legacy. Right. Yeah. And then you have Marshall Falk, which is one of the people that changed football forever. Right. And I'm saying that as a 49ers fan. Uh, Marshall Falk, uh, you know, is an inspiration of Roger Craig. He's something, he's a guy that was inspired by Roger Craig, a 49er, and, uh, he did it better. 
you know, he 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 inspired from Roger Craig and became 2.0. Yeah. You know, which he was is, the next generation of what yeah, Craig he's, started. He's what he, you know, he's the new generation of it. And then it took so long to get 3.0, which is Christian McCaffrey. Right. It was supposed to be Reggie Bush, but he didn't put the work in. Yeah, and injuries. It would have been Reggie Bush. If yeah, he, he would. Oh, Reggie. Yeah, because everybody, everybody always said like when Reggie was coming out in the draft, they're like, "This guy has talent that reminds a lot of people of Marshall." But, you know, he wanted to date Kim Kardashian. He didn't put the work in. Stuff like that. It's just stuff, hard work you know, beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. I mean, Thurman Thomas <laughs> is proof of that. Thurman Thomas. Thurman Thomas was one like, of those I, guys that was so underestimated. So. Just count it out, and then he just fucking one of the greatest running backs of all time. Yeah, when you talk about like that Bills offense that they had back in the day, which was uh, Bills offense back in the day with fucking Jim Kelly, Jim Kelly and, and like all the, all those damn God, receivers that they shit. had and shit, and they was just it Andre Reed, Andre Reed, yeah. and all those guys like they had all that that badass uh, offensive weaponry, and then you look at, like, what was the engine that made that offense work? It was fucking Thurman Thomas. I remember watching some of those games, and I would just get chills at some of those runs that Thurman Mm -hmm. Thomas would do. Tough-ass runs. And I would always remember, and I I know you might not agree with me on this one, but always remember whenever the Bo Jackson thing came out, you know, and they were Bo Jackson, toughest runner, you know, and all this kind of stuff. They would always be like, oh, he's the toughest runner to ever run and all this stuff i'm like bullshit thurman thomas way better than bo jackson in my opinion well and (laughs) and i'm a raiders fan so i do have a soft spot for bo but in this particular example thurman was always a tougher runner than bo yeah the uh, only reason that bo was able to do the things that he could do is because he was a six foot two frame and had like zero percent body fat the dude was a fucking freak he He could play baseball and play outfield and baseball a dumbass, but a freak. He should have went out of fucking bounds instead of trying to get extra yardage, and he fucked his hip up, never was able to play again. That's you know, not speaking, always your fault. That's not always no, your fault. No, but the thing is, is that, uh, yeah, he was, he, you know... But Bo Jackson is a dick. <laughs> he is kind of an asshole to people. Thurman um, Thomas, sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the sweetest guy ever, unless you're on the field with him, then he'll fucking kill you. <laughs> right. But you know, it's like if you wanted, to, if you if you said to me like, okay, you know, which uh, running back would you rather have on your team if you were like fantasy drafting? And it's like you could have Thurman Thomas or you could have Bo Jackson. Gotta take Thurman Thomas because he's just the dude is a tank, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I've got to agree with you on that one. Uh, Thurman Thomas is only the last pick. In a draft with the the four other people, the, with the three other people that I just mentioned, and I've done fantasy drafts and Madden's where these people were all available, and some of them I actually did take Thurman Thomas because I love how he runs. So yeah, if you had like old Madden's back in the day, and you're like, should I take Thurman Thomas, Marshall Fault, Barry Sanders, or Emmett Smith? You know, a lot of times my, my my people that I would take would be like a Thurman Thomas or a Barry Sanders. You know, sometimes Marshall Falk. I mean, when I f- feel like throwing to running backs, <laughs> but not everybody. You know, it's it's not quite as easy as doesn't the, work in everybody's offense though. The greatest show on turf made it seem to have you know everyone to fucking throw to. You, you don't always get Kurt Warner, right? So you actually might have to have, you know, like a straight uphill running back like uh, Barry Sanders or Thurman Thomas or Emmett Smith. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess I guess we'll get to that draft in a minute when we get done with this. Oh, yeah. To see who gets actually picked. But, yeah, I think we all agree. Emmett, Barry, Marshall, and Thurman. Yeah, I can't really debate that one. That one's pretty solid. All right, the 2000s is a little fucked up. <laughs> right? So. Because I was trying to remember, like, running backs in the 2000s, my... One person that I thought of was Priest Holmes, but I'm, I don't know if he did enough to be considered on that. I put him on this. Okay. I was, I was thinking, like, Priest Holmes, and I was like, fuck, who else? Like, Corey Dillon? No, no, and no. Then, so, my 2000s. So, you don't have to jog my memory, because some of this shit I don't remember from the 2000s. My 2000s, LaDainian Thomason. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, LaDainian. What the fuck am I thinking? Yeah, LaDainian. Yeah, of course. Number one. Yeah. Obviously. In the early 2000s, we LaDainian's the, the dude. We, we talked about the, 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 the uh, you know, kind of the Marshall Folk type character and stuff like that. Actually, I guess he'd probably be more like a Thurman Thomas type. Yeah. Uh, Sean Alexander. Yeah, Sean Alexander. Okay. When you're talking about Definitely. that MVP of the league. Had a great, you know, great season. That's, I, I feel bad that I talked about Sean earlier and didn't even think about him for the 2000s, but so, yes. You also, in the 2000s, you have Adrian Peterson. Oh, yeah. Because his height of his career was, he was drafted in uh, 2006. Yeah. Uh, so. No, it was seven. Seven, was seven I mean. yeah. But the best years of his career actually all came before 2010. Yeah. So he can be considered a 2000s running back. So if you want to put him in that, you can. It's kind of a kind of a late 2000s, but it's yeah, a late 2000s. Technically, if you just look at like his initial like first four years, he was on the path to being a fucking Hall of Famer. Uh, but like you said, Priest Holmes, who had Priest Holmes. multiple great careers, and then the other guy, Stephen Jackson. Oh yeah, 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 Stephen Jackson wrecked it. Yeah, I think Stephen Jackson has to be on. I think I'm with you on that. Yeah, I think Stephen Jackson, Jackson basically he was a power back at a time when nobody really wanted power backs. No, it's, it, I think it's Stephen Jackson, LT, Sean Alexander, and Priest, and then Priest. I I, th- I think Priest Holmes does have to be on it because the person that came after Priest Holmes was Larry Johnson. Larry, yeah, LJ. But he only had about a four year career. Yeah, he Priest didn't last Holmes, long because they ran that poor guy to death. They did the same to Priest too, but he had about eight years. Yeah, which is you know about as long as Barry Sanders. That's career what I was, was. about Barry to say. Barry went like, like nine like, years. Well, eight years isn't enough. It's like look, Barry went nine. It's like oh fuck, we have to take Barry Sanders off this list then, and that's not gonna fucking happen. No, uh, <laughs> no, definitely not. It's <laughs> so, like, you will you will take Barry off that list with my cold dead hands. It's like if we we probably have it our way, he'd be. You know, like whoever's drafting for the '90s is probably going to draft Barry Sanders. Let's just say that. You know, that's a spoiler alert. It's it's difficult not know. to put Barry Sanders on the list because he played on one of the fucking worst teams in in fucking uh, yeah history. Emmett benefited from the fact that he was on the Cowboys, and the Cowboys were like Super Bowl contenders like every year. So, and not to say that Emmett didn't deserve it. Emmett is a badass running back. I can feel the Cowboys fans. And Marshall Falk was being like, what the fuck? What about Emmett? Look, I love Emmett. When I was a kid, Emmett was kind of my running back because in the 90s, I watched a lot of Cowboys games and Emmett was my dude. But. I think the two best raw talents are, are Barry Sanders and Thurman Thomas. Out of, you know, Marshall Falk, even, he played with the greatest uh, show on turf, which. Had you know uh, uh, Isaac Bruce and Tory Holt, Tory Holt, and Kurt Warner, and uh, fucking, and then uh, uh, didn't they have a badass tight end back then too? Um, 
Was it uh, Randy McMichael or something like that? Uh, no, no, Randy McMichael was the Dolphins. It was later. I forget. But I don't know if their tight end was that great. But I do know fucking Orlando Pace played for them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who is uh, one of our Rushmore guys. So, so, so I mean... Sometimes you'll see people from multiple teams... Uh, from the same team, you'll see yeah. multiple people because some of these teams were stacked with Hall of Famers. <laughs> they, they were fucking legit. So The Lions, all they had was fucking Barry Sanders. If you don't look it up, you don't know who the fuck. You don't know who the <laughs> fuck their quarterback was. If you don't Google it. I'm going to Google it. <laughs> if you don't Google it, you don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember who their quarterback was. See, I mean, if you if you don't Google it, you don't know. <laughs> Uh, and then whenever you know, you're still like, oh yeah, I don't know who that is. I mean, we're going to do this right now. I'm going to look up Lions quarterback, uh, 1990s. Um, okay, Detroit Lions quarterback in the 1990s. Uh, let's see. Let me jump here. Uh, let's see. Okay, so... From 89 to 93, it was Rodney Pete. Pretty decent quarterback. And then Andre Ware was, was there as like a reserve guy. And he was horrible. Okay, so here we here's where we get to some shit now. So this is the back end of Barry Sanders' career. He had Scott Mitchell uh, for uh, four years. And, and then he had, bonus points, if you guys can tell me who that is. And then is. he had Charlie Batch for two years. Yeah, and he was a backup for the Steelers for about 30 years. Right, because he was only good enough to be a backup at the Steelers. He should not have been a starting quarterback, which they learned by seeing him play at the Detroit Lions. So when people want to talk about like, yeah, but is Barry really the greatest? It's like he had absolutely fuck all around him. And the fact that he was able to get that kind of yards, it just—it it was just the hustle. He just out-hustled everybody. What do they say now? Oh, well, well you, can't, you can't run if you don't have an offensive line. Well, guess what? Barry didn't have an offensive line, and he still Barry ran. made that shit work somehow. He was the That hardest, argument's invalid when you talk about Barry Sanders. He's the hardest-working uh, person on the team, and he proved it. So we're talking about the 90s then. So uh, let's go back to the 2000s. Yeah. Sean Alexander, LT, Priest Holmes, and Steven Jackson. Yeah. Um, can't argue Ladanian. That's obvious. Can't can't you know? Can't argue Sean Alexander. So I I, I yeah I, I just don't think anybody. So we go can to twenty tens now. The only in the twenty tens, you can put Adrian Peterson in this argument too, because uh, he he's still a great. Now if you want to, but I'm about to tell you who the other options are. Okay. And okay, so Frank Gore. Oh yeah, Frank. Gore. Yeah, you'd have to put Gore on there. I just don't think anybody's ran as hard and as long as Frank Gore has. Still running. I still put him on my fantasy team sometimes on DraftKings. So we're not sponsored by DraftKings, but sometimes I put Frank Gore on my team because he's just consistent he's and he's consistent. a fucking veteran. He's and a you beast. You want to talk about consistency? You want to talk about a guy that's a team player and is only getting better with age? With age, you're talking about Mark Ingram. He's another one of those guys. Oh, yeah, Mark. Looking yeah. for consistency. In the 2010s, I think Mark Ingram has to be on this. Yeah. Well, and he's had a bit of a career resurgence with the uh, with the Ravens because the Ravens are using him as a featured back. Yeah. And it's their offense has exploded because Lamar has so many more options now. 
he doesn't have to run all the time. He can let Mark take the load. You know, Ingram is just like he is the engine that keeps that Ravens offense going. Oh yeah, he's great personality. Everybody takes a lot of the problems off of Lamar, and he's also like you see that press conference where he's like he was like he was like uh, if anybody has a problem with the next MVP, you come see me. You can come see me. He's on. We're like, did he just? Did he just do a wrestling promo? He did. Awesome. He totally did a promo. He, you know, he he went all like uh, funny. He went funny. I was gonna say gangster, but he didn't. He was just being funny. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but also, he's right. Lamar Jackson should clearly be the MVP of the league. Uh, he is fucking playing lights out. Uh, but, as long as he doesn't get hurt, he'll be good. Yeah, that's no. a different discussion, though. Right. But I think Marshawn Lynch. I think Marshawn Lynch, hands down. Beast mode. Beast mode has to be on this because Marshawn Marshawn's one of those guys. Like he left the Bills, his career after he left the Bills, and he went one to the, of the Seahawks. Greatest running back careers that you could ever have. Yeah. in recent memory. Oh no! Yeah, his, should have his... handed him the ball instead of let Russell and throw in it to, so the Patriots could win. Yeah. <laughs> the fix is in. Yeah. Um, remember, people. Pete Carroll used to be the head coach of the Patriots. Yeah. Let that yeah. sink in for a minute. Um, <laughs> the fix is in. Um, but uh, yeah, if you guys can't tell, we, we really hate the Patriots. We've only talked about the Patriots, I think, once. We've put some Patriots people in this. Yes. Because we're not going to not put them in this yeah. just because we don't want. But also, uh, the other running back of the 2010s, I just don't think can be not denied as LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy. Oh, Shady McCoy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't think about LaShawn, but... That's, yeah, okay, I could see that. I just don't see uh, very many people have that good of a career for so long. Jamal Charles would be in this if too injury prone. If he didn't play for four good years and then just totally just break down, dive off the cliff, yeah. And I hate it for him, you know, because his body just broke down on him. He just couldn't stay healthy. And Arian Foster probably be on here. Arian Foster was yeah. Arian Foster was on a way towards a really good career with then the he Texans. Became a vegan. Became glass. <laughs> um, don't add us. Don't add us. <laughs> that's that's not that's not an opinion. That's fact. I mean, there's as soon as he stopped being a human and just <laughs> look, you you can tell me whatever is healthy or whatever about being a vegan if you want to but if you're playing a physical sport you can't do it yeah like you're gonna you, break like um what's there was uh one of those mma fighters that went vegan uh you got was like it his arm broke or something. Was right? it Connor? Was it Connor McGregor that went? No, no, it's not Connor. McGregor. No, it wasn't Connor. No, who the shit fuck about anything? No, uh, shit. Who was it? But it was one of those uh, one of those USC guys. He he said he was going to go vegan. He was going to change his training, and he just I don't think I don't know if he's won a fight since. I forget his name. Shit, I can't think of it now. Well, I mean, you know, like I said, if you're going to do a physical sport, you really can't. You really can't do that. You need now, to have the protein, man. You got to have the muscle mass. You probably should just retire after that if you, you know, you want to save animals. That's cool, but you can't do that in a physical sport. No. Now, if you want to go play base- baseball and be a vegan, like no one will even notice because <laughs> nobody watches baseball. It's not, it's not, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. What was no. the last? What was the last baseball game you actually watched? Like sat down and watched a full baseball game. No one Ryan played. That was in the fucking nineties. Okay, you were a child. <laughs> it's like I love Nolan Ryan. I know, I know you did. If like for me, you know, my guy was Frank Thomas because he was the big hurt. He played for the White Sox. I, I actually love Frank Thomas too. Yeah, even though he's an Auburn guy, I always love Frank Thomas. 
Yeah, it's like whatever with Frank Thomas. I'm good. The big right. part was amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa stuff and stuff. So I, I think what I'm trying steroids to say. Steroids made baseball fun. Bring what steroids What I'm trying to back. say is pop them steroids baseball, you, you basic. Yeah. <laughs> Get back on the juice. So in the 2010s, um, trying to find the four, because I named like Ingram, Gore, Lynch, McCoy, and then I guess Adrian Peterson can be put yeah, in that Yeah, if you don't put him in like the earlier 2000s because his career was mostly in the 2010s, you could, I, I think you'd have to make a case for Adrian Peterson. I mean, he is he is pretty much a beast. Who would you take out of that, though? Because I don't I don't think you can take Lynch out, and I don't think you can take Gore out. No, I, you have to keep those two because those two were, are um, both beasts during that time. I think to take... <sighs> Sean McCoy is kind of hard to take out, too. Ingram was a little light in the first part of this part, so I think the only person that you could take out is Ingram. And I kind of don't want to do that because, I mean, he uh, he, did, he did a good job even for the Saints, you know? Yeah. Uh, but LaShawn McCoy, yeah, uh, 2009 until, well, now. Cause he's, he's still playing, isn't he? He's still playing, yes. Uh, I was like, he didn't retire this last year. He's in a limited role, but he still plays. Yeah, yeah he's still playing. But, uh, yeah, he was drafted in 2009. So, uh... You because know, most everybody else that was, that was drafted early on uh, either doesn't play or has been like, you know, like... Because Lashawn well, McCoy has six Pro Bowls too. Let that sink in. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just hard to argue with when you get a running back that has six Pro Bowls. Yeah, two times All Pro. That's some legendary stuff. And so I would say I would, so six out of the ten years that he's played, he was a Pro Bowler, and two times All Pro. So, so I would say if we're gonna put Adrian Peterson in, I would say Adrian Peterson, Frank Gore, Marshawn Lynch, and Lashawn McCoy. Yeah, I, th- I think Ingram has to be the one left out of this, but that doesn't mean that he won't get in. in Ingram later. might, I don't know, maybe he might get in like in the 2010s or or the 10, 2020s or something. Like he, because he's at that point in his career now where he's kind of a veteran, but he's still got like a lot of years he's left. He's got a lot of because he years. shared time with uh, Alvin Kamara for the for a few years, and then he's uh, uh, what's the Pierre Thomas? Uh, yeah, first part Pierre of his Thomas career. and stuff. So, so he's always he, shared time when he was on the Saints. Yeah, so he he still has relatively fresh legs for his age. Yeah, and he's he just looks in great shape. and he's gonna and and the thing is is like his strength and everything is really one of his strong suits. So even if his speed goes down a bit, he's still gonna be a fucking wrecking ball. Yeah, it's kind of like the Jerome Bettis of our time. I yeah, guess. like he's gonna turn into that. Except I think he'll you know he's faster. He'll end up being what Jamal Lewis could have been. I'm looking forward. Yeah, yeah. Because remember Jamal Lewis, you know he'd be probably a special mention for the earlier 2000s. Cause I'm Jamal looking forward Lewis, to the future of our sport, though, with uh, Josh Jacobs and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I will tell I Josh will, Jacobs, and, and, and it's not just because I'm a Raiders fan, and he's also the lock screen on my phone right now. But uh, but Josh Jacobs is probably one of the best draft picks the Raiders have made in a long time. And just a little throwback: What's the reason uh, Josh Jacobs and Christian McCaffrey exist? Can we answer that question real quick? Uh, because of Roger Craig? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it all goes back to the West Coast offense, baby. Yeah, but... Yeah. Uh, John Gruden, a disciple of I'm the West glad, Coast offense. I'm glad it does exist because I do love Christian McCaffrey. 
and Josh Jacobs. And yeah, you can almost see like Roger Craig almost has like a running back tree, like coaches do. Yeah, he has, you know like yeah. of like running backs that basically took his parts of his game and added their like own. Marshall Falk, and then you know you have like uh like we'll only count the ones that were successful, you know, because Reggie Bush tried. Failed. Try that celebrity life and stuff. Whenever you try the celebrity life while you're still playing, you always fail. Mm-hmm. Do like Peyton. Retire and then do commercials. And then and be on SNL and do commercials and hang out with Jason Aldean That's cool. and shit. Whatever. Brad Paisley. Or Brad, is it Brad Paisley? I always fuck that up. <laughs> We're still coming for you, Aldean. Aldean, we coming for you. We're coming for you, bitch. We will never forget that night. We will <laughs> never forget that night. Yeah, that night in Tennessee, we know about it. Okay? We know about it. We, you fucked up. Yeah, fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> the war with Jason Aldean still continues. Uh, okay. <laughs> so are we going to receivers now? We're going to receivers. Oh, here we go. Get your popcorn. And here we go. Okay. <laughs> so, That's my quarterback. <laughs> so I'm just courting T.O. at this point. <laughs> okay, so here's the big argument. What generation is Jerry Rice the greatest of? Is it all? Yes. <laughs> what generation? Oh no no no! Hold on, we're not, we're not done with running backs yet. Hold on. Oh, we gotta do the uh, we gotta do the overall rush. We gotta more. do the overall. Uh, we keep rush forgetting more. this, but yes. Yeah, we we, we kind of. <laughs> We've been drinking, man. Uh, you know, New Holland Brewing Company. Uh, what's up? <laughs> You're doing a good job. Holla at your boys. Okay, so you do 80s. I do 90s. 2000s. I do 2010. Um, so 80s, 80s. running back. Shit, refresh my, my memory because uh, Walter Payton, Eric Dickerson, Roger yeah, Craig, and Al Campbell. Craig Ian Campbell. I, it's hard to not take sweetness. It's got to be Walter Payton. Yeah, you got to right. take sweetness, man. It's got to be Walter Payton. Barry Sanders. Barry from the yeah, obviously. Uh, earlier two thousands. John Alexander, Ladanian Thomas, Ladanian. And, and, and I hate the Chargers, but you got to take Ladania. You got to I mean, take Ladania out of those. It, it, Sean would probably be Sean second. would be a very close number two, though I but, would say. Yeah. But Ladanian, uh, Ladanian was a freak. I, I can't hate on Ladanian. And then uh, 2010s, um... Gore. I'm going Adrian Peterson. Or AP. Yeah, Adrian Peterson is going not Adrian a bad Peterson. choice. Adrian Peterson, Ladanian Thomason, Barry Sanders, and Walter Payton. The Mount Rushmore of running backs. From the 80s to now. That's a damn good group. Imagine if you had all four of them on the same team. Okay. <laughs> you just now, run the ball every play. <laughs> why even have a quarterback? Yeah, we're running the wishbone, boys. It's run, option football. Yeah. It's like we don't even have receivers. We just have these guys. Yeah. Okay. So, receivers. Um, what... What does Jerry Rice belong to? The eighties or nineties? The answer is both. But Jerry Rice is in the eighties. Yeah, you have to put Rice in the eighties. I mean, that's so Jerry Rice, greatest receiver of all time. Yeah. Try to argue it. It's gonna fail. Um, um, Art Monk. Art Monk would have to be one of them. Steve Largent. Largent. I was going to say Largent from the Seahawks. Unfortunately, would have to be another one, but he was so good in the 80s. Just yeah. so good. Largent was one of the reasons why the Seahawks could actually win games from time and to time. And I think the only the only debate is, is it John Stallworth or James Lofton? My gut tells me Stallworth. That's what I was going with, too. Yeah. I think... Not to say that Lofton was bad, yeah. but... 
I, I, my gut just tells me Stallworth. So, Jerry Rice, Steve Largent, Art Monk, and John Stallworth. It's a pretty solid group right there. Yeah. Imagine we're in a spread yeah. offense with all those guys. Who do you put in the slot? Monk? Art Monk. Art Monk in the slot would fucking murder people. He murdered people as a wideout. Imagine him in the slot. He would be like the greatest slot receiver of all time. Julian Edelman can suck that dick. <laughs> I, I probably, yeah, I probably would. I mean, if I had those four, I'd probably put Jerry Rice number one. I'd probably put Steve Largent number two. Put Art Monk in the slot, and then I'd put John John Stallworth uh, at four. At the other slot, okay. Yeah, yeah, because I think Largent has to be the number two receiver. I think he was the second best out of them. But uh, Art Monk at slot, man, he would fucking he'd have like two thousand yards receiving. <laughs> he would just murder season. people. Okay, well, this makes the '90s really fucking easy. Tim Brown. Tim Brown. <laughs> Obviously. Michael Tim Irvin. A. Michael Irvin. <laughs> Michael Irvin. Chris Carter. Chris Carter, yep. And Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison. Done. That's it. I I didn't who, think it was going to be that who's easy. Who's better? Who's better than those four some in people, the 90s? Some people... No, who's better? I, 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 no, I would say some people in there that are listening to this are kind of like... Yeah, but, uh, you know, what about Terrell Owens at the Niners? What about T.O. when T.O. got He's to the Niners? He's late 90s, though. He's more of a 2000s guy. Yeah, that's true. And the people, you could also say and the same even, thing with Randy Moss. And he, Yeah, they're, they're both late 90s guys. They're more of like 2000s. And even then, is Randy Moss and T.O. better than Tim Brown, Michael Irvin, Chris Carter, and Marvin Harrison? No. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost like a drop the mic moment right there. <laughs> yeah, there's no way in hell you can tell me that those two guys are better than any of those. Tim players. Brown, Hall of Famer, Michael Irvin, Hall of Famer, <laughs> Marvin Harrison, Hall of Famer, Chris Carter, Hall Chris of Famer. Carter, Hall of Famer, and also unemployed because he got fired from his his job at Fox uh, Sports One. But aside from that... Um, he should have plenty of money at this point, right? Yeah, he should. There should be a Mount Rushmore people that got fired from a network for personal conduct, like Warren Sapp. Chris Carter. And Marshall Falk, he got fired from NFL Network. Chris Carter got fired from Fox Did Sports Marshall 1. Marshall I didn't even know. He got was. fired from NFL Network because he... Uh, uh, something... Sounds like NFL Network's just firing a bunch of black people. It's, I don't know. <laughs> right? <laughs> Nate Burleson still has a job. I'm not going to talk shit about Nate Burleson because I do watch Good Morning Football. Uh, but, yeah, it's like you look at like who they have now. It's basically just Nate Burleson and like Deion Sanders. And then... Um, Deion uh, Sanders might be the new head coach of Florida State. He might not be able to do that. And then uh, they have Maurice Jones-Drew there. And they have James Jones as an analyst because he's not at the Packers anymore. Um, and, uh, and that kind of thing. But, yeah, it's... <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Uh, but anyway. So, the 2000s. So, the, the This 90s. is the one I couldn't quite think of off the top of my head. I would have to say... Okay. Uh, okay. Number one. Larry Fitzgerald? Yes. Okay. And then... Whoa, could you put Anquan Bolden on there? I don't know if I put Anquan on there. No, I can't put Anquan on there. Okay, so Fitzgerald... Reggie Wayne. Reggie, yeah, Reggie Wayne. I was trying to think. I was like the Colts dude that Peyton threw to all the time. Okay, Reggie Wayne. Chad Johnson. Andre Johnson? 
the Texans? Maybe. I actually didn't think of that. Andre me. Johnson was a fucking beast for the Texans earlier, earlier on. He was their main My weapon. My other 2000s people, yeah, you're right, was Randy Moss and Tia. Randy Moss and T.O. The only no. thing I'll say about T.O. is that T.O. got progressively worse and worse and worse and started dropping a ton of passes as he got older. Like, as soon as he got put on the cover of NFL 2K5, it was like his career just took a shit. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I would put, <laughs> probably put Randy Moss on that list then. For uh, 2000s? I mean, yeah, because Randy, Randy was really good. Randy, I don't know, and that's the, the thing about Randy is that he, he kind of was up and down. Because uh, he played for several different teams, but he—I mean—he was a damn good receiver when he actually, you know, was wanting to play. He had a tendency had, to take plays off. Then I had Brandon Marshall on the list too in the two thousands. Brandon Marshall was one of the Brandon best. Marshall was pretty beast. Um, but I think Larry Fitzgerald. Well, tell me, you left Ashley Lilly off? Yes. <laughs> That's on a purpose. Yeah. Uh, but I think Larry Fitzgerald, Reggie Wayne, uh, and Chad Johnson, I think has to be on there. I mean, Chad, Chad Johnson, Johnson was Chad Johnson for a while was, was a beast. Yes. Yeah. I mean, by the time the 2000s and 10, 10s came, his career was over, but in the 2000s, he was one of the best. Oh yeah. Early so 2000s. We're, we're, we're talking about the 2000s. To 2010. I think he was drafted in three, 2003. So that gives him about seven good years. Yeah. Um, it was either three or four. I was, or maybe two. I think it was 2002, actually. Um, uh, I can look it up. 2001. He played 2000, 2001 to 2011. Yeah, so, yeah, by the, yeah, so the years that he actually Ocho did play, Cinco. I'm calling him Chad Johnson. Because <laughs> uh, when he went Ocho Cinco, he went fucking crazy. We're, yeah, we're talking about Chad Johnson, right. not Chad Ocho Cinco. Yeah. So, um... Before he went crazy. Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald. I would say Larry Fitzgerald, Reggie Wayne, Chad Johnson, and Randy Moss. Randy Moss. You put Randy Moss in over Andre Johnson? Uh, Yeah, mainly because of the injuries Andre Johnson had. Uh, unfortunately, If that, Andre could have stayed healthy, man, who knows what he could have been. He would have been way better than Randy Moss, I think. Yeah. And Andre is also somebody that I would draft a lot. And, uh, is the 2010s going to be super easy? Barely an inconvenience? Barely an inconvenience. Well, because, uh, um, okay, so here's my initial thoughts, right? Calvin Johnson. Right. Uh, I would say so Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of drawing a blank. Shit. Who is it that I'm trying to think of? Look, I would, I, I kind of hate to go new on this, but I've got to say Michael Thomas has to be. One See, of I was going to put Michael Thomas on there, but I'm like, has he played long enough that he could be considered in this? I, but I, Michael Thomas is a beast. I don't. Michael Thomas hasn't had a bad season yet. He only plays better and better every year, so it doesn't seem like he's going to be one of those players that is like, I, I suck now. Well, he's yeah. He only started in 2016, so yeah, 16, 17. So he's played for four. This is his fourth season, and no if, bad if you're seasons. saying that, because my other thought would would be like, well, what about somebody like Mike Evans? And I'm like, the the Andre Johnson thing. Yeah, that's with Mike Evans. Yeah, same thing. Like totally, he would be up there on the list. And it's like, people be like, but yeah, Julio's been injured a few times. It's like, yeah, but by the time Julio's injured, he already has like 1,100 yards. Yeah, he already pretty much... He's already crushed people. Yeah. 
Like, you know, Evans doesn't do that. He, you know, he has to kind of have, like, a slow build. He has to have a whole season. Like, Julio could have, like, eight games and have 1,100 yards. Uh-huh. Like, you know, you have, you, you know, Julio's one of those guys just like Calvin. Yeah. You know, like, those two guys, if they were to play on the same team ever in, like, the multiverses or anything like that, it'd just be like... Who's your quarterback? It's like, it doesn't fucking matter. All we do is just be like, just toss it up, and it's touchdown. Let just, Julio or Megatron go get it. fucking up in the air, not in any direction, and it's fucking touchdown. Yeah. Because no one's fucking stopping either one of these guys. No. So Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, and I'd probably put either Wes Welker or Amari Cooper on this. Yeah, Amari's pretty good. Would, uh, But Welker, though... Welker, one thing I will say about Welker is that, like, the dude was reliable as shit. That's the only reason I even mentioned him. But Welker only played till 2015, though. He played 04 to 2015. Well, so yeah. he's kind of in that weird zone where he's sort of, like, halfway through the 2000s, and then he, he, he retires halfway through the 2010s, so he's kind of, he overlaps both. Because, like, a Des Bryant would be on this list if he didn't have his falling apart phase. Antonio Brown falling apart. Antonio Brown can't be on this list anymore because he just can't. Yeah. Um, Odell can't be on this list anymore because of, uh, we, we've got to see... That he's able to still do it. Yeah. Like, and we haven't seen that. We don't know. If we haven't seen the New York Giants Odell on this Browns team. We, like, we don't know if that's Him and Baker just aren't working together. Yeah, we don't know if that's the lack of uh, play calling for him or if the lack of work on his part. We don't know. Yeah. Or maybe Baker's just not really throwing to him. Maybe it it's could that. be Baker. It could be Odell. We don't know. There's we, a lot of, there's know a lot the of show with that Browns team. We don't know. But that's the reason they can't be on this. We know Amari only got better. Um, and there are no other real number one receivers. Um, so yeah. Well, uh, what what about uh DeAndre Hopkins? DeAndre Hopkins is great, super inconsistent. That's true. Sometimes he disappears in games, and in other games he tortures you for like two hundred yards. Because he was going to be on this list, and then and then people are know, like, "What about Ty?" It's like T.Y. is good too, but does he do enough? That's one of the things I was wondering about T.Y. myself before I was deciding to put him on this list is the reason that his productions went down because the Brissett doesn't like to throw to him or is it because T.Y. isn't getting open? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes I think it's because T.Y. is not getting open. but you know. And if it's not, not getting open, he doesn't belong on this list. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be like the greatest of that era, that decade. Yeah. So we know Amari gets open. Yeah. <laughs> because Dak thinks he's the only person that exists. Right. So, <laughs> Amari should be considered as one of the greatest right now. But uh, um, but Calvin Johnson and Julio, can't really debate those two. Those two are in. Those two are the main two. And then I'd say Michael Thomas, if his career keeps going this way, he's he's definitely... He's there, kind of like he's like sort of pre-chiseled into the into the Rushmore. <laughs> yeah, pre-chiseled. I would say the two solid ones in the 2010s because it's hard to tell right now with the receivers. Because we're not quite done yet. We we're have not, to wait through the end of this we're not year. Done. So on this one, we would kind. I would. What I'd kind of say about this is Calvin Johnson and Julio, solid. Michael Thomas and Amari. 
kind of still up in the air, but still the best two. If options. they continue on their path, they're gonna be there. Yeah, they're they're the best two options of best receivers that we have that could be the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. So I would say now that we're done with that, that that I would say the only two that we can draft from the 2010s is Julio or Calvin. Yeah, they have um, a solidified career that really can't be disputed. Yeah. So um, uh, I, I'm 80s, uh, 90s. 2000s, 2010. Okay. Um, Jerry Rice. Obviously. And if you hear goat sounds, it's because it's Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. <laughs> 90s. Uh, 90s receiver. See, this is difficult because my gut tells me Tim Brown, and I'm a Raiders fan, so obviously I'm going to lean Tim Brown. I'm taking Tim Brown. Tim Brown. So Rice, <laughs> it's hard Tim to. Brown. It's but I mean, it's not not to say anything bad about Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin as a receiver, amazing receiver, and then you know it's like Marvin Harrison. I mean, you know that dude, that dude was amazing as well. It amplified even more once he got Peyton Manning. But you know, I gotta say Timmy. Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald for the early two thousands and then twenty tens. I. I gotta take Megatron. I'm gonna take Calvin. I would have took Julio. Julio, that's Calvin's just a freak, man. I think. I think Not to say that Julio isn't. You know, I will say this. You I can, think Julio. You can literally had, flip a coin, and I think you'd be happy with either one. I think Julio's had a better career. If you're going by career longevity, yes, I'd take Julio. Not longevity, just year by year. I year think by he's year, had a better career. Yeah. Well, in that case, if you're going by that criteria, then I would take Julio. Yeah. You gotta you you gotta decide one or the other right now though. I'm gonna take Julio. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Julio, your argument for Julio, I think, is, is sound. Yeah. I, th- I think it's sound. I think year by year, uh, and we love Calvin, but uh, he's. The I one use that, him on my my uh, fantasy team in Madden, so I can't talk shit about Calvin. He's Johnson. the one that decided to ride. Retire he is legend. 31. Yeah. That's that's the that's Lions do that shit to you, man. The Lions will Julio, use you. Fitzgerald, Tim Brown, and Jerry Rice. The Mount Rushmore receivers. That's a pretty damn good list. <laughs> that is a damn good list. And Larry is still going. Larry will fucking when when Larry <laughs> when Larry Fitzgerald retires, they're gonna bury his ashes somewhere in Arizona. Yes. Like he's he like he's like <laughs> he's like a permanent fixture in Arizona. Like he has been so loyal to the Cardinals, and the Cardinals have not really been much of shit in, a, in a, quite a few years. Yeah. After Kurt Warner retired, they kind of fell into obscurity, and people were probably thinking, like, oh, well, Larry's just going to go chase money and go to a team that you know is going to pay him a lot and stuff like that. Nope, he stayed loyal. He has never requested a trade. He has always just played for the Cardinals, and it's like I think he's going to be one of those guys that he will be a Cardinals legend, and people will remember him forever. Like, oh, yeah, why, man, when I was a kid, I watched Larry Fitzgerald. This is the fucking best receiver the Cardinals ever had. Dude, it was amazing. He will be one of those types of guys because he'll get in the Hall of Fame. He has he'll, all the numbers. He'll be like the, the Steve Largent for the Seahawks. Yeah, no, you talk about Steve Largent on the Seahawks, and people are like, I fucking love Steve Largent, man. That dude was That's shit. basically what he's going to be for the Cardinals. Yeah, he'll be, like, be the like the one Steve like Largent. lone like just anomaly in your history of, like, this dude was a legit badass for your team, Hall of Fame. That's what Largent was for the Seahawks. Larry will be that for the Cardinals. So, now that we're done with receivers, we're going to quarterbacks. Yes. And we're going to take a uh, short break right here, and then we come back. 
We'll talk about quarterbacks because we probably have a good bit to talk about in quarterbacks. Yeah, we got a little bit. We got a little bit. I, I don't know if we're going to be... I don't know if this is going to be like controversial or anything. Um, but we will let you know. Yeah. But, who uh, we'll who take the goat a, is right after you will. Yeah, you will learn some shit about some quarterbacks that maybe you didn't know. But uh, yeah, we'll be right back. you guys are ready and anticipating to understand who the greatest of all time is you're in luck because you're about to find out oh yeah quarterbacks is uh you know steve's bread and butter like when we get to the defensive side and that's going to be the episode we do next week it's going to be this going to be john's it's going to be my forte this is actually kind of my episode the offense. Yeah. And to close it out, we're about to find out who is the greatest quarterback of all time. So let's start with the 80s. You've got Joe Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. So number one is obvious. Now, the next thing is... So here's... Okay, so here's just off the top of my head what I'm thinking. Okay, Is go. Dan Marino... Great. Jim Kelly. Okay. And I don't want to say Elway because I I don't know if Elway was. Elway really wasn't that great in the 80s. Okay. So so this is what I would say for the 80s quarterbacks. Jim Kelly's not on that because he played more in the 90s, I think. Oh, that's true. Well. Okay. So I would say Joe Montana, Dan Marino, Jim Plunkett, and. Yeah. You you have an argument for Phil Simms or Warren Moon. If I'm making the list. Oh, Warren Moon. It's Joe Montana, Dan Marino, Jim Plunkett, and Warren Moon. I'm leaving Phil Simms off from it. Because I was like, I know people are going to be like, I know the Giants fans are like, yeah, but what about Phil Simms? You fucking left out Phil Simms. That's bullshit. I think Jim Plunkett did more with less. Better coach. Um, Tom Flores, baby. Uh, but Dan Marino's got to be on the list. Um, and Plunkett did play till '86, so he played most of the he '80s. He played most of the '80s. Warren Moon, <laughs> he he played so long. He played so fucking long. But <laughs> he didn't always play in the NFL either. He played in like the uh, USFL for a while. Warren Moon was one of the most exciting, one of the most amazing people to watch in all of football. He played from '84 to 2000. Yeah. He played so long, yeah, and so good, and he never won anything, but he inspired so many people, especially mm-hmm. African American quarterbacks. He's one of the biggest influences on people. yeah, like, like Dante Culpepper yeah, and people that you know African Americans that didn't think they Donovan could be, McNabb and that that period of time they didn't think they could be quarterbacks. Because I think didn't even Donovan. I think it was Donovan McNabb said that the reason he knew he could play quarterbacks because he saw Warren Moon do it. Yeah, people didn't actually think that you know uh, African American people didn't actually think they could play quarterbacks. They thought that was like a, a white person's position. It was a white position, yeah. 
and Warren Moon showed up and not only did it, did it better than anyone that played the game. Uh, you know, you know, he was up there with some people. He just never had a great team. He, because he, he's a loyal person. You know, he, he played there. He left. He came back. Um, yeah, yeah. When he played for the Oilers, he played from '84 continuously till 1993. Yeah. And then he left, and he played in Minnesota for a few years under uh, Denny Green. Yeah, just think about that for a minute. At one point, at the fucking Vikings, they had Warren Moon, Chris Carter. With Denny Green running the team. It was greatness. And then they got Randy Moss at the end of the 90s, and it's like, holy, hold on to your butts. So you're talking about influence-wise, and I think that's what Phil Simms has to be left off this list in the 80s, and it's Joe Montana, Dan Marino, Jim Plunkett, and Warren Moon. (sighs) So great. That's, That's pretty good. Now let's talk about the 90s. Okay, so 90s, immediately off the top of my head, you have Troy Aikman, Brett Favre. Um, uh, I would say Drew think, Bledsoe. Yes. And... Uh, I think you can put Jim sh- Kelly on that list. Jim Kelly, yeah, okay. Uh, now, if you wanted to, you could put Randall, Cun- Randall Cunningham on that list, but me personally would not. Um, Although special mention to Rand- Randall Cunningham because he was a good quarterback too. But 90s, to me, definitely would be Troy Aikman, Brett Favre, Drew Bledsoe, and Jim Kelly. And if you guys have noticed, we did leave off John Elway from the 80s and the 90s. Right. Mainly because, and I'm not going to go deep into this, but mainly because John Elway went to two Super Bowls before the 90s started, lost both of them. Then went to the Super Bowls after the 80s and won them after circumventing the cap, which means that they just got to get away with going over the cap limit to get a Super Bowl team so they could win. So they could get a Super Bowl team before Elway retired. And they did because that, that was one of the things that they won. Because I remember Al Davis was like furious about that because he was like, he's like, well, of course they can have fucking Shannon Sharp and Terrell Davis and like all these damn receivers and Elway and they can afford all this shit because they're fucking around with a salary cap and they're going over and the NFL was just kind of like, eh, well, we're just going to have to deal we're with it. We're just going to let them go over because we want them to win because yeah. we want them to sell tickets. Yeah, we want Elway to have that, you know, so that kind basically, of writing off on the on the, you know, yeah. writing off on the Bronco into the sunset kind of thing. Yeah, so they basically let let the Broncos cheat so he could win. He could have and his moment. Me, you don't deserve to be on this list. And in the eighties, he got his ass whooped in Super yeah. Bowls. Like it, he, he got like when he played he the Forty Niners, he got blown Niners. out. Like they were literally on the sidelines, Jerry Rice and Joe Montana specifically, joking and stuff, and making like just like little side bets and stuff like that because it was so embarrassing. That they were playing the Broncos. That's probably that the... they had to make the game fun somehow. Yeah. Like, literally... The Broncos were so outmatched for that game. They were not ready to play the San Francisco 49ers in 1989. No. Uh, uh, 87. It was 87. Yeah. It was 87. We played the Boomer, Sison, Bengals in 89. In yeah. 87, when we played them, they weren't ready. They weren't ready. <laughs> and Little skittish tombs. <laughs> they, they were very skittish. Tombs. Very skittish tombs. I don't know about this new crew. I don't know about this new crew. Yeah, They had John Elway. Shout out who, to Riddick. If you guys watch the Riddick movies, you'll get that reference. 
who isn't considered to me one of the greatest of all time because of the thing like that game. Because he also gave up, you know, on his own team in that game. And um, it's just not something you should ever hear. I don't remember a moment when a Troy Engman, a Brett Favre, cancer survivor Jim Kelly, or Drew Bledsoe ever saying, you know what, I give up. This, no. This is too bar- embarrassing of a loss. You definitely would have seen that out of Favre. No, Favre, Favre, Favre could have been getting beat by 60 in the last two minutes of the game, and he'd been telling his team, like, He's like, hurry guys. up, hurry up, hurry up. He's we like, come score. on, guys. We, we got, we're going to like, Brett, we're getting out. blown out. He's like, no, we're not. It's like, we're, this isn't over. We could, we could win this. It's like, no, we can't. It's like, fuck it. You better fucking catch this shit I'm throwing to you. Or I'm going to beat your ass. We're going to try to fucking win this. <laughs> You're right. You know, Brett Favre had so much heart. I mean, he might have been a dick, but that doesn't matter about what how good of a quarterback you are. Yeah. I mean, you know, um... Also, just as a side note, Warren Moon was a nine-time Pro Bowler. He should so, have been a 15-time Pro Bowler. The guy was amazing. He yes. Was great. He he played with every ounce of his heart. Um, but, yeah, Troy Aikman, Brett Favre, Jim Kelly, and Drew Bledsoe, the 90s. Yeah. That is the spectacle. The only time that I ever liked the Patriots was when they had Drew Bledsoe. This is the last time I And they had the Big Tona, Bill Parcells. So the 2000s. So the 2000s are next. So Early 2000s. So Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. The greatest of the 2000s era. Eli Manning. (sighs) Eli. I was going to say, like, should Eli go? Yeah. Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. Yeah, obviously. Kurt. And Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon. I... In early 2000s, Gannon was a beast. I mean, he was like, what, two-time MVP? I had Carson Palmer on this list, but I don't think he actually deserves to be in the Mount Rushmore of it, mainly because of Bengals' issues and his later personality and how he thought the game should be played. And Tom Brady's not on here, if you guys are wondering. It's like, what about Brady? For one, he's a system quarterback. And for two, there's just too many asterisks. Too many cheating allegations, too many spy gates, and. Uh, uh, yeah, things. stealing the or taping the Rams walkthrough at that Super Bowl. Too many uh, field deflate goals. gate, the, too, uh, the um, spy gate with the Jets. Too many Adam Vinatieri filled gold kicks to win Super Bowls. He also has the easiest path to a Super Bowl because his division has not had a franchise quarterback in it since he started. Because Dan Marino retired from the Dolphins before Brady started at the Patriots. And the Jets have not had a franchise quarterback since, and neither have the Bills. And the Bills might be getting to something like that now. With Josh Allen. With Josh Allen, possibly. But the thing is, is that Brady has been helped by the fact that they've changed rules for him. He should never have been in the Super Bowl. They invented the tuck rule on the fly to give him the opportunity to play in the Super Bowl uh, because that was not something that exists. They just created that because they wanted the Patriots to win. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Raiders fan. Obviously, I'm going to be salty about that. But that shit did not exist. It didn't exist in the rule book. They made that up because they didn't want... I'm a person that actually does research about stuff, and it did not exist in the rule books. They made it up for Tom Brady. Because they wanted to deny Charles Woodson of his fumble recovery. 
And so they were like, well, no, he, he was making a motion forward, so it's technically a, that was you know, a rule it's that a they implemented incomplete for this, pass. this year, and what they meant was that was a rule that they just now implemented for this game. On that field. And now the rule actually doesn't even exist anymore now. Yeah, so... It just existed long enough to help the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And guess guess who became, like, America's new team after 9-11? Oh, the Patriots. That's convenient. It's not a coincidence. And yeah. it's like, look... I get trying to lift spirits, but when it when you when you start looking at like all the stuff that the Patriots have done, it's like Brady will not be on any of these lists because we don't think that he's done enough. But look, if he was supposed to be the goat, and everybody says, "Oh, Brady's the best quarterback of all time," right? The fuck is he doing with that offense right now? You ever see Joe Nothing. Montana run an offense that looked like that? You ever see Warren Moon run an offense that looked like that? You ever see Joe Montana be like, please, for the love of God, Rob, Rob Gankowski, please come out of back out of retirement. Right, so my because so I can have somebody like to throw to. And it's like, what are you talking about? You have people to throw to. Oh, if you you're the GOAT, you make people superstars. Yeah, that's what Joe Montana did. He made everyone around him better. Yeah, That's what you're supposed to do as a leader. That's Tom how you Brady's get on Mount Rushmore. And the reason that he's not on the Mount Rushmore for real is it's a system. It's a system that anyone can run. Because if you don't believe me, and if you want to argue me, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback ever because he has this many rings and this and this. It's like, well, why the fuck does Matt Castle was able to do the same shit in the same offense whenever Brady was hurt? Jimmy Garoppolo did the same thing. Jimmy Garoppolo even did better. Yeah. Um, Garoppolo's a better quarterback than Brady. So you facts. That's just facts. That's so just facts. <laughs> if next year Brady isn't a Patriot anymore and he goes to, let's say the, the Chargers, uh, people are saying he might go to the Chargers. Let's say he goes to the Chargers. Do you think he's a top ten quarterback next year? No. Do you think he plays better than Philip Rivers? No. <laughs> he doesn't do that now. <laughs> he doesn't play better than Philip Rivers now. And the Chargers... He damn sure wouldn't with a new team and without having all of the cheating advantages that he has at the Patriots and rubber crap. Basically, anytime anyone touches him, it's a flag. It's the LeBron rule. Mm -hmm. Uh, So LeBron's the same same thing. If anyone touches him... Overhyped. Overhyped. Over this and that. Overprotected. We're we're not here to overjudge. But the 2000s, Kurt Warner, Rich Gannon, Eli Manning, and Peyton Manning. Yeah. The Mount Rushmore of the 2000s. And, and Kurt Warner, it's you, you. My thing is, is that like you can't even start that list without Kurt Warner and Peyton Manning. Like you just couldn't even. If you started the list and you started with something else, it'd be like no, 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 no. You put Kurt Warner and you put Peyton on first. Then you talk about then the you other talk two. About other then two. everything else might be negotiable. Kurt, Peyton, but, Eli, Rich Gannon. Uh, an argument probably could be made for Philip Rivers, but I, I don't know it yet. Because you'd have to take Eli or Rich off that list, and I just don't see that. Eli has two rings. Eli actually beat Brady twice. Yeah. Um, so, Showed him who was a better quarterback in the same game. Yeah. Yeah. Tom. Tom could. Uh, Tom's team could beat Peyton, but but let's let's just be honest. Uh, Tom's team could beat Peyton because Peyton's never really had a great team. Um, they had that one run there where they got to that Super Bowl for, with with Dungey, and then that yeah. was as much as Peyton could do. And as far then, as overall talent, yeah, I mean, Peyton's never had a bunch. Two thousand and tens uh, is actually easy to me. 
Okay, so number one, Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Obviously. You got Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers, yeah. You got Matthew Stafford. Staff- oh, yeah, Stafford's my boy. And you got Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Uh, yeah, uh, Russell has kind of won me over because at first I wasn't sure if Russell was just going to be just like some garbage like system guy. He was just going to scramble himself to death. Russell has consistently built himself up to be a legit quarterback. And I'm and a 49ers guy. This is me. So that pains him to, to admit that a Seahawks guy is good. But but I would say that's the four the the four best since the 2010s. I think yeah. it's Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, who is going to be who already is the greatest quarterback in the Lions' history. Oh, definitely. Uh, Wait, no, 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 you telling me? You fucking telling me right now? He's better than Rodney Pete. You fucking telling me yes. that right now? Well, uh, just look at this <laughs> 2010s list. Drew, yeah. Drew Brees. Yeah. Greatest quarterback uh, in Saints history over yeah. Archie Manning without a Oh, doubt. definitely. He brought the Saints a Super Bowl. He'll be a legend in New yeah. Orleans forever. Uh, crush it. Actually, crush it. People Archie. will be like, who the fuck is Archie Manning? Who? We love Drew Brees Drew down Brees here. Drew Brees is God. Basically. Oh, well, just as a little side note, uh, when I went to uh, Houston uh, last year uh, for work-related purposes, uh, I'm on the bus heading towards the hotel, and this guy has this mural painted on the back, of, on like the bed of his truck, and it's Drew Brees throwing, uh, throwing a pass, and it has like, it has like fucking Florida Leafs and like Mardi Gras beads, and it's like it, he painted this shit on his truck, and I was like, that is a fucking fan. That is a fan for life. You don't paint your truck with another man's face unless you love that man. <laughs> That's a great painting. Yeah. Uh, that so, was uh, that was uh, uh, in Houston, by the way. So, so Drew Brees, not even in New Orleans. Drew Brees, greatest Saints quarterback in the history, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of mm-hmm. football, just without a doubt. Aaron Rodgers, at least second best quarterback in Packers history. I'd probably say over over Bart Star or, or you because or, no, I mean, how do I, you? I would say it's Brett Rodgers and then Bart Star. Really, you put Bart Star as third. I would put Bart Star as third now. Now that is, man. Uh, Packers or, fans, I wonder how Packers fans feel about that. Packers fans are like, yeah, go Pack, go. Yeah, Rodgers, that's that's what's up. It's like, yeah, Roger Staubach laid a lot of groundwork. I don't know. If, if, you're, if you're talking about, like, three of the quarterbacks in your history, are fucking Bart Starr, Hall of Famer, he, Brett Favre, and then you throw Rodgers in there, you've had three fucking amazing quarterbacks in I, your history. I, I think you should just be ha- I don't even. I don't even think you should care about what order they're in. I Just, just be like, hey, be we really have those three guys happy. on our team. We have three legends. But Aaron Rodgers at least... You know, one of those three. Yeah. Uh, Stafford, the best quarterback in the Lions history. He actually makes the Lions relevant. One of the most exciting quarterbacks to watch in all of football. Still making them relevant even without Calvin Johnson. Absolutely. And then, of course, Russell Wilson, the best quarterback in the Seahawks history. Way better than Matt Hasselbeck. That's the only other one. Well, you fucking telling me. You're telling me right now that he's better than Jim Zorn. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> that's a fucking joke, light people. Years, light years. Yeah. Light years ahead of anyone that's ever played quarterback. Yeah. Even, even Hasselbeck. I would say he's light Matt years. Matt Hasselbeck was a good quarterback for the Seahawks, but, but he Russell doesn't Wilson, do what Russell does. Years. Yeah, light years ahead. Mm-hmm. So, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think those are the four best because look what they just done for the NFL and what, look what they've done for their franchises. Yeah, and Russell, he's also like a term, like him and uh, Breeze are both tremendously good guys. 
Like they they all do like charity stuff. Yeah, you you know as a Niner fan, I I want to hate Russell Wilson, but I just can't find myself to. You you can't, and it's like, and then it's like it's like yeah, but I bet you he's married to some bitch, right? It's like now he's married to Sierra. You're like, oh fuck, she's a sweetheart too. I can't hate that. She's so brilliant and gorgeous, and it's like, and she's such a good person, and it's, and it's like, like oh, but really, I can't hate that. <laughs> and it's like, but Russell Wilson beats her. It's like no, she he's he's an angel no he's like he's, he's like probably he's the best a, husband ever he's like a beautiful, she's he's a beautiful he, he's she's a, never written songs about russell wilson she's written songs about future like her ex yeah he's, he's like he's like he's a beautiful <laughs> ray of light and it's like i mean how the fuck can i hate I him hate on russell of, now it's like it, it's like if, it's like if you can pull a woman like sierra that that's almost like proof positive that you're a good human it's like if i was like at a, at a 49ers game and we were just like uh we were playing and then like the the fucking 49ers lost to the Seahawks. I would be like, fuck the Seahawks. And the guy next to me would be like, yeah, let's go beat the shit out of Russell Wilson. I'd be like, nah, nah, nah. Nah, man, we, we ain't like, about we're, that. We're about, to, we're about to fight if you touch Russell Wilson. But he's a Seahawks. Like, it, it, let's let's beat someone else up on the Seahawks. Don't don't touch Russell Wilson. Let's beat up Tyler Lockett. Fuck that guy. <laughs> you know, just, that guy's put me over in fantasy a couple of weeks. So, yeah, fuck Tyler Lockett. Don't just... Just don't put your hands on Russell Wilson, or I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna kick the shit out of you. Yeah, because uh, uh, you're dealing a with a human, decent human being, man. The dude's uh, a good dude, and you don't get that a lot, um, you know, in in professional sports hardly yeah. anymore. Because um, in the days when like you have people that are on like cheating scandals and you know people that do all this crazy shit and sexual harassment stuff, you never hear one thing about anybody saying some negative shit about Russell Wilson. No, it's like yeah, hey, Russell Wilson just grabbed my ass. I don't know where. It's like nah, you nah, he didn't that. do that shit. Come it's on, like, I'm not gonna grab your ass. I have Sierra's. I have Sierra at the house. I, I go grab Sierra, that ass. Yeah. That's one of the best asses in the world. Are you? Which serious? I know that's not always a good excuse because like you know like Tiger Woods had like a like a Swedish supermodel and then he's like banging these. <laughs> like waitresses a waffle house it's like what are you it was almost like he got spoiled he was like i've had such good top shelf pussy i need to kind of i need need to humble myself (laughs) i need i need to humble myself and remind myself of what it was like before i had swedish supermodel pussy you know and that i guess that's understatement i'm just kidding he's no he's terrible um he he wishes he could be uh, as good as Russell Wilson. Yeah, because um, to me, Russell the way Russell plays is he kind of reminds me of, of Favre sometimes because of just his creativity and keeping plays alive and never letting the play die in, until it has to. Yeah, that, you know he has a lot of Favre you when you play against him because he he has the ability with his running ability and stuff and he'll keep drives alive and he'll roll out of the pocket and he'll keep moving. And I'll make guys miss on sacks and stuff. And I know Steve sometimes will be like, tackle that motherfucker, damn it. You know, but it's like, it's it's hard to deny how talented he is. He, he reminds me a lot of Favre with his, his his motor. He's always trying to make a play, whether it's his he, legs or it's throwing. He's extending the play always. Always extending the play. Rodgers, another guy that's great at extending plays. And then if you're, if you're talking about guys from this generation and you talk about Drew Brees, like Drew Brees... Has he create? He built the Saints out of nothing. The Saints were garbage. They were nothing. And then after Katrina, he's like, you know what, city, get on my back. I'm about to take you out to the Super Bowl. Let's do this. And yeah. let's know, rise up. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's. And now the Saints are considered in contention for the NFC Championship on a yearly basis. You yeah. would, if you would have, if you were a fucking if, but this if, year, if you were in a coma, you got to go through the Niners. If you were, if you were in a coma, right, and you had just woken up, like say, like six months ago, or something, and you're like, 
okay, who's uh, you know, who who's gonna be in contention for the NFC Championship because this of priorities. year? Priorities when you wake up for yeah. a yeah, yeah, who's going to be in the contention for the NFC Championship? It's like, tell me one thing. Yeah. Just tell me one thing. Who's going to be in the <laughs> NFC Championship? And you're like, what's well, going to be the 49ers and the Saints? And people, and you'd be like, wait, wait the fucking Saints? This? What <laughs> year is this? The Saints? Are you fucking kidding me? And the Niners? What, am I back in the 80s? No, 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 this is 2019. Well, you fucking telling me that the Saints have the ability to get to possibly a Super Bowl? What fucking time? Wait, am I Mandela affecting or something? You know, it'd be like you know, Marty your fucking McFly, brain would hurt thinking about Marty it. McFly going into the future and then yeah. just being like, Who, "Who's playing in the NFC Championship game?" And they're like, "The Saints and the 49ers is like the New Orleans Saints." Yeah, right. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, because uh, there was like the whole thing where it's like the the Cubs won the uh, they won the World Series or whatever, and mm. and. Uh, and then uh, it was uh, what was the what was the game that they had in uh, Back to the Future Two? It was it was the Cubs versus Miami. It was like it was the Chicago Cubs versus Miami. And at that time, Miami didn't have a baseball team. And it's like Miami, Miami has a baseball team because at that point it didn't exist. The Marlins didn't exist until like way later, you know. Yeah. Um, but okay, so the quarterback draft. Um... So I'll do the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and you do 2010s. Okay. So 80s. <laughs> Easy. Joe Montana. <laughs> Joe Montana. Okay. Uh, 90s. Oh, see now. See now. I'm kind of torn on 90s because my brain goes back and forth between Aikman and Favre, and it's it's difficult to choose between the two. Ah. Uh, if you're going, uh, uh, I'm trying to think. If you're going in terms of like somebody who had, you're not going best team. You're going best player. I'm going by the guy who like made their team better. Then I would go by Favre, because Favre didn't have all the weapons that Aikman did. Aikman no. had Emmett Smith. He had Michael Irvin. You know, he had fucking. And they got that how the train robbery. Yeah, the great train robbery with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, but you know, he, he had like what Moose Johnson at fucking tight end. He had a fucking all-pro offensive line. Who couldn't score like fucking five billion points with that? Brett Favre had to go from being cut from the Falcons, getting to the Packers, and trying to prove himself to Mike Holmgren that he was actually good enough to be a starter and not a fuck-up. And he basically just, he changed the way that we looked at quarterbacks. Because, like, you remember how I was talking about how Russell Wilson plays like Brett Favre? That means that Favre was doing creativity and shovel passes and weird shit that people well, just it, weren't it, doing. That, that came from, you know, we didn't do that decade, but like Stabler from earlier on. Yeah, Kenny Stabler um, and Joe Namath. Like, he's like those type of guys. So, in my, uh, in the 2000s pick, uh, I will take Peyton Manning. Peyton, yeah, it's pretty safe. It's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, I, I'll take Peyton Manning. I almost took Kurt Warner there, but I think Peyton Manning uh, overall is Yet again, better. you could flip a coin and you could be like, Peyton Manning, Kurt Warner, Peyton Manning, Kurt Warner. You're yeah. going to be fine either way. <laughs> okay, so now your 2010s. Uh, my 2010s, I'm, I'm torn between Rodgers and Breeze. My gut tells me breeze if you were i would take breeze yeah if you were unless you want to pitch me a scenario no no i think you i think you picked the right person yeah 
I was going to say. And, and I do love Aaron Rodgers, but there are times where it's like Rodgers might have a tendency to complain about his weapons. Breeze doesn't do that. Breeze just does. He just works with whatever he, they give him. He's he, like, here's Alvin Kamara. Here's Mark Ingram. Here's Michael Thomas. Here's Jimmy Graham. He's just, okay. And at just, this point, Breeze does have Marquez Colston. Marquez Colston was like a seventh-round pick. Yeah. And he turned that guy into like a, a, a couple-time pro bowler. Yeah, he played for like seven, eight seasons in the NFL. Marquez Colston was a pretty badass receiver because he was elevated by Drew Brees. That's you know? what a great quarterback's supposed to do. It's not supposed to be like, well, give me, give me some weapons, give me some weapons. It's That's like, what Aikman had. Aikman had a fucking stock full yeah, of weapons. Yeah, he had a stock full of weapons. You know, uh, uh, Joe Montana, he he got the most out of you know like James Taylor and you know Dwight Clark and stuff like that until he gets somebody like Jerry Rice and he elevated Jerry Rice. Mm-hmm. He elevated Jerry Rice to work harder. To become the best. Because when Bill Walsh drafted him at Mississippi Valley State, he wasn't the greatest receiver of all time then. Mm-mm. But he had, a, but Bill saw something in the tape from that game that made him think, like, he's got the, the tools. I wonder what he could do on the West Coast. Yeah. And, he, it, and, and that's one of the things, too. It's like, whenever you're talking about quarterbacks, and this is one of the things, like, when people want to talk about, like, who's the GOAT? Is it? Brady or is it Montana? I was like, okay, let me put it to you this way. When you're going in to do a quarterback evaluation in the combine and you're doing like early draft stuff, what are the things that you look for in a quarterback? You look for footwork, you look for timing, you look for release, you look for intelligence. And when you're looking at footwork, who do you look at? You look at Joe Montana. When you look at release, you look at Joe Montana's release. And you look at intelligence and being able to go through uh, route progressions and you look receiver at one progressions. Of the people that's uh, scored the highest uh, ever on the um, Wonderlick Wonderlick test. Yeah, Joe Montana. When you look at the prototype of what you're looking for in a quarterback, especially if you're in a West Coast system, didn't they say the only person that's ever scored higher than Joe Montana was Andrew Luck? Uh, Wasn't that one of the things when Andrew Luck did his Wonderlook test? That they oh yeah, they were like Andrew Luck is basically a genius. Yeah, like yeah. they were like they literally was like he actually scored like higher than Joe Montana. I, I want to say yeah, and then there was somebody else that was like, and then the person that t- scored the lowest was Vince Young. <laughs> yeah, they were like, I remember that. They're like <laughs> he as dumb as fuck. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Highest Wonderlick scores by a quarterback. Um, uh, let's see. By oh shit, there's actually a website for this Wonderlick test website. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to go all into this. Um, well, no, I just because I wanted to. I wanted to prove your your point. Um, but uh, shit, Greg McElroy actually did really good on it too. <laughs> Matt Burke, offensive lineman from uh, the Minnesota Vikings, he did really high on it. He's Blaine Gabbert did pretty good. Ryan Nassib did pretty good on it. Calvin Johnson did really good. Uh, a lot of this is kind of proven. This test doesn't mean anything. So uh, Colin Kaepernick scored a 38. Stafford st- scored a 38. Eli Manning scored a 39. Alex Smith scored a 40. Right? So <laughs> Andrew Luck scored a 37. Okay. Joey Bosa scored a 37. And so did uh, Cooper Cup. And Marquez Hagens. So, 
what does this mean? What does this prove? What does this prove? It's like it proves no one should take that test, I guess. Right, because this is just a trap, man. It's just um, like, hey, you know, Luke Kuechly scored a thirty-four. One of the best linebackers of this generation. He's going to be a Mount Rushmore. Spoilers. He's going to be a Mount Rushmore guy see, for the twenty ten. See, I don't know. See, you said he scored a thirty-four. I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't well, know what those the scores. Well, mean. what's the lowest? The lowest ever on the Wonderlic. Vince Wonder Young, Lick's... right? No, Darren Davis. He scored a four. <laughs> Vince Young scored a six. So I, I thought one of, and he still was drafted like third overall. Okay, so here's how here's how you know that there's probably this is probably kind of bullshit. Frank Gore scored a six. He scored the same as Vince Young, but Frank Gore is a Hall of Famer, and Vince Young is not by any stretch of the imagination. So that test doesn't mean anything. No. Chris Leak, remember Chris Leak from Florida, the quarterback? He scored a two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> no, he scored an eight. Oh, uh, let's, let's well, see. he is from Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Sebastian Janikowski, the greatest, uh, probably one of the greatest place kickers in history. If not, somewhere greatest. behind Adam Vinatieri, I would imagine. Um, Morton Anderson and Morton Anderson. Morton Anderson, yeah, you got to put him on there. It's like greatest kickers of all time. Okay, uh, Adam Vinatieri, Sebastian Janikowski, Morton Anderson, and Gary Yapremian. Probably. Is that it? Is that the Mount Rushmore kickers? I guess. Maybe, and, oh, and maybe then, Robbie Gold. And then maybe, maybe, maybe Robbie Gold. Yeah, he'd be special mention. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, but it'd really just be like Vinatieri, Vinatieri, Vinatieri. But, you know, the person who scored the absolute highest... Was Pat McAnally. He scored a 50. He's a punter. So it's like, wait, you know, Greg McElroy scored a 48, right? Uh, Eric Decker scored a 43. Uh, let's see. who. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, those because of Jesse James? <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, Craig Krenzel. Remember Craig Krenzel, kids? I do not. <laughs> um, Krenzel was a... He was the... He was the backup to John Kitna, wasn't he, at the Bengals? Wasn't Krenzel on the Bengals? No. Nope. <laughs> I don't quite remember off the top of my head. People people listening to this will be like, no, Craig Krenzel, if you know who Craig Krenzel is and you can defend that, you, you need to figure out your life. Uh, but Craig Krenzel... It's like you win the argument, because if you know who he is, you already know more than us. Yeah, uh, Craig Krenzel scored a 38. And so did Here's Kevin Graham. Hogan. Uh, Josh Allen, 37. He's, Josh Allen scored the exact same as Achilles Smith, Tony Romo, Andrew Luck. Ooh, they must have had a bunch of racist questions on there, and Josh Allen nailed it. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, finish this, uh, finish, finish this word. N-I, it's like, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> Two Gs. Whoa, Josh. Whoa. Whoa. That's not what they're asking. Whoa. Yeah. It's like, no, I was going to put Nilla, like Nilla wafers, you know? It's like, sure, Josh. We know sure. you're racist. We've seen your <laughs> social media posts. Uh, but uh, no, what we did want to do. That white hat. <laughs> yeah. So what we did want to do, even though we're not going to do it by decades, because there's probably not enough depth here to probably do that. What we're going to do uh, it's kind of a special thing is the fullbacks. Oh yeah. Not Rushmore, because Steve was like, well, we kind of left fullbacks off, and then Steve was like, yeah, but is there enough fullbacks that you can actually do them through, like, the decades? Yeah. It, it, probably not. So, the list that I came up with, just off the top of my head, was Larry Zonka, 
um, John Riggins, mm-hmm. um, Lorenzo Neal, and then you came up with Mike Alstott. Mike and it's like, I, I, I don't know if you could come up with a better list than that. I mean, that's pretty solid. It's pretty solid. The only other one you could maybe throw in there is like Tom Rathman from the Niners. Yeah, Back in the day, Rathman in Tom there. Rathman would be maybe like a special mention because yeah, I'm like he was he was part great. of the he was part of the backfield that had Roger Craig and stuff. So he's probably actually better after football. Uh, yeah, probably because <laughs> he's done more after football than he did when he was playing football. But Tom Rathman's very interesting. Um can you think of anybody else that would be? I guess Heath Miller would also be in that too. Heath because Miller he did play fullback. Then Chris Cooley. Chris Cooley. Well, he a, was kind really of an H back. He was sort of tight end, fullback, yeah. hybrid guy. So I'd put Chris Cooley as a mention. As a special mention. Because he did kind of play tight end, but he did play fullback. Yeah. Um. I, I was trying to think of like any other like because Lorenzo Neal was the uh the guy that basically was the fullback for Ladanian Tomlinson, so that's that's about all you need to know. I know some people would probably be like, "What about Ryan Piccolo?" And it's like, "Yeah, Ryan Piccolo was a good fullback." You know. Mm-hmm. Um. I was trying to think if there's any, but it's like you can't you, you can't argue against Larry Zonka like at all, mm-hmm. and you can't argue against Riggins. Riggins was one of the greatest fullbacks of all time. Um, uh, I was trying to think. What was uh Peyton Hillis? Peyton <laughs> <laughs> was this when he was actually when this was when he was at the no, the Razorbacks when he was at Arkansas. When he, was Arkansas. <laughs> he was a badass fullback at Arkansas because he had to block for Darren like McFadden and Felix Madden Jones. Covers on three, one, two, three. Peyton Hillis. Peyton Hillis. <laughs> Madden twelve. I love Madden twelve. The fact that Peyton Hillis is on the cover is always weird to me. Because he pops up on the thing, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember when Peyton Hillis was a thing. You remember that year before like two this years. game came out? And um, he did something, and then after that, he didn't do anything. He's ever. like, I did stuff. It's like, yeah, you you just all of a sudden got a shitload of fan support out of nowhere. I think people, I think that was the beginning of trolling. Because they're like, you know what would be really funny is if is if they put the Madden cover up for vote and we just fucking spam Peyton Hillis. We just Hillis. say it's Peyton Hillis. We just say Peyton Hillis is our dude. We love this fucking guy. And they spam the shit. I'm pretty sure they spam the shit out of the voting to think, like, wouldn't it be funny if they put Peyton Hillis on the cover? And then he won, and they fucking had to do it. And then they were like, oh, shit, we trolled so hard. They actually did it for yeah, real. Yeah, next year it's actually going to be uh, Ron Finley. Oh god! <laughs> no, it's gonna be like uh, it's a uh, fucking uh, <laughs> Mason Rudolph getting hit in the head with a helmet edition. It's gonna be Miles Garrett, but he's like swinging the he's helmet. swinging the helmet on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> and you see Mason Rudolph like trying to duck. He's like ducked. <laughs> but wouldn't that be Wouldn't that be funny if they make that an X factor in the new Madden? It's like take the opponent's <laughs> helmet and swing it at him. It'd just beat him. <laughs> It's like, you're suspended. It's like, oh, you know what? I made my point. I made my point. Uh, they have the Miles, Miles Garrett helmet pull. is going to be a new X factor. In Where the, you just the pull Madden. off the quarterback's helmet and beat him with Fucking it. Fucking hit him with it. And it's like, you get ejected out of the game, but the quarterback's dead. <laughs> Remember back in the day on Madden when the ambulance used to come out and cart yeah, off the they players? Would do that. They'd have the ambulance come on and pick your player up and you take know him off. I know it's a serious situation, but yeah, it would make Madden more fun. If they had the ambulance. Just off and just start beating people to death with it. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about gone. Blitz here? Are we talking about NFL Blitz? 
No, just like actual Madden, Madden just with some bullshit in it. Oh, okay, just do some fun because shit. Because it needs some fun shit in it. Remember back in the day, uh, like when you would have like the hockey games, and then they would do like the three on three, like fucking crazy hockey. Yeah. There was like the arcade shit. What do they call that? Because uh, fun. The, <laughs> <laughs> well, besides that, what was it? What was it I'm called? Just, I'm just saying. It was like a lot of. They had a name for that mode, games. but it was like three on three, like fucking crazy hockey. I don't and, know. Uh, or was it four on four? It was like three players and a goalie, but they but you would get like NHL like the like the for real NHL game like real hockey, and you could go into this arcade mode and you can like crash people through the glass and fucking check them and they fly. Would it be fun if like Madden just actually did something? It's like yeah, actually, uh, you know, if you go into franchise and you just want to have like a little off season fun, you just like pick like the Steelers or something. You guys. Just play play paintball or something. Right. It's like, oh, I can like, I can shoot Roethlisberger with like some paintballs and stuff. It's like, yeah, that's a mode. I'm like, okay, this game's cool. Yeah. You know that's fun. You know what I would like to see? I'd like to see big head football. Remember back in the day when I remember everything everything had fucking big head. I always thought the big the head thing was kind of stupid. I like big head mode because I remember like playing NBA Jam where you could do big head mode. Although I do like bobbleheads. Bobblehead, yeah. I mean, he has fucking Funko bobbleheads all over his garage. Oh shit, where are they? Right. I don't really like stuff with big heads, but those Funkos, love them shits. But I would love to see like NFL games with like big head mode, where everybody just has like giant fucking helmets. <laughs> it would be hilarious. It would be cool if like they like the physics that were actually designed for it. Right. If they just start like running and you're like breaking away and like their heads just constantly <laughs> fall, and then you have to keep lifting their head up with like the analog. <laughs> Or you just fall over, like, like when you're when you're playing as like the running back or something, and he stumbles, and you have to like you have to like catch him before he like goes down, yeah, and yeah, yeah, he has yeah. to get his balance again. Your head's so fucking heavy, you tip over, you just fall over. <laughs> if you actually dip your head and no one touches you, you just roll. Over. <laughs> you just fucking your head just hits the ground. You just yeah, roll because <laughs> your fucking head's so big. That'd be awesome. I think uh, that's how everyone should have to play everyone in Ultimate Team. Right. If you're going to make Ultimate Team, just make it big head Ultimate Team. <laughs> big head mode. Oh, that would piss people the fuck and off. it's like, I just got the, you know, the, the 99 rated Aaron Rodgers tell you, and it's like, big head. It's like, <laughs> what? It's like, you got the 99 rated Aaron yeah. Rodgers. And your but quarterback. has got a big ass head. <laughs> <laughs> but your quarterback's head is so heavy, you have to lift his head so he can see to throw the ball. You throw the ball, all right, you're going to throw an interception every time. Right. It's like, so he, he can throw it right, but I have to make sure his head's up. It's right. Like, yeah. He has a giant ass head. He has a giant ass head. you got to make sure he's looking up. <laughs> right. That brings it's, a whole new meaning division like, coming, doesn't it? what in the pocket? It's like basically impossible. you got to roll out the pocket, you're just going to fall you're over. You're just going to tumble over. <laughs> yeah. Basically, all you can do is back up. And don't stop too fast, because you'll fall over. Right. Because your fucking head's too big. Oh god! Why don't they do fun shit like that? Yeah, man, that would be like just you know bring back big head mode or bring back like fucking Donkey Kong mode. Remember that shit on Goldeneye and uh, Perfect Dark? Wouldn't that be funny if they have like a Madden cart on Madden where you're just like racing people in like go karts? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you could have like uh, power ups where it's like um, you know instead of like throwing like shells at people, you throw the football at people. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or instead of like, uh, <laughs> instead of Steve almost just broke his phone. Um, <laughs> but instead no, of <laughs> instead of like, 
you know, something like road spikes. It's like you throw cleats out on the out on the track and then you run over it and it blows your tires out or some shit. Connected to Bluetooth. Um, you could take uh, you could take the Jerry Curl juice from uh, 1980s Deion Sanders and throw that on the track <laughs> to make it slippery. That'd be pretty hilarious. <laughs> Cause let's not let's not get it twisted. Dion had a fucking magnificent Jerry curl way back in the day. Um, there's pictures of that shit. You can you can pull it up. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, this is the uh, for this is the uh, the uh, offensive side of the NFL Mount Rushmores, and uh, we'll do a defensive one uh, soon. Uh, should be next week, right? Yeah, should be. Yeah. And uh, what we'll do is uh, we'll go through and do the Mount Rushmore's for the defensive side of the ball. My specialty. This week was Steven's specialty with the offensive side of the ball. I still have fun with this shit, though, because I was thinking about this stuff during the day. And I'm like, oh, fuck, running backs and receivers. And I'm, like, trying to think of shit. You know, trying to think of, like, players that, you know, were undisputedly good and stuff. So it was good because... Like, sometimes on offense, I don't pay attention to it as much because I am more of a defensive guy. But it, it had to, it kind of challenged me to, like, remember players that I had kind of forgotten, you know. So it was pretty fun. And if, yeah. you, if you guys have any, uh, you know, comments about, like, oh, I think you should have put this guy in instead of that guy and, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, it's open for debate. We're not saying that this is the be-all, end-all. We know people are going to put Brady on their, their Rushmore's. We're just not because we think that Brady has a lot of issues. You know, um, uh, it, it, and, and just just remember, uh, you know, whenever we're just deciding everything about the greatest players of all time, it's Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Roger Craig, and Brent Jones. <laughs> well, and now, okay, so uh, so those are all 49ers. Uh, I think there's a theme you got going on here. I can't put my finger on it, but I think I you think there's what? a theme Don't there. Don't overthink it. Don't ever think. If you said, if you told me that <laughs> two of the, the four greatest players of all time are Montana and Rice, I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, but you can't have all uh, of them. Okay, okay. What if I told you that three of the greatest players of all time was Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, and Ronnie Lott? Okay, so this this is just, this is just fixed. This is rigged, and Ronnie Lott will be on for safeties, without a doubt, because Ronnie Lott is the fucking man. He is. Um, yes. And when you're talking about safeties, you you can't ignore Ronnie Lott. Um, spoilers: Ronnie Lott's gonna be uh, featured on the defensive episode. Um, but uh, you know who's not? Dick LeBeau, <laughs> because he was 80 before we were in born. Right. So- <laughs> Oh, God. That's horrible. That's just horrible, Steve. <laughs> Dick LeBeau was a fucking Lions legend. Yeah, I, I, I agree, but I, I was fucking, like, negative 40 whenever he was playing. <laughs> let's, let's just look up real quick before you go to the outro. How fucking old is Dick LeBeau? Dick LeBeau. Uh, Dick LeBeau uh, played from 1959... To 1972 as a defensive back. Now, his last year, he actually played free safety for Detroit in 72. But for the most of his career, he was a cornerback. Yeah, uh, so, like I said. So, basically, he retired and had been retired for 12 years before Steve was even born. 
So there you go. Dick LeBeau old as fuck. <laughs> old as fuck. That should be a T-shirt. It just says Dick LeBeau old, old as, as fuck. fuck. <laughs> so if we he's been it, he's been a coach for twenty nine years. That's almost as long as Steve's been alive. So if we learn anything about this episode, we know that Dick LeBeau is in fact old as fuck. <laughs> yes. And this has been Beyond the Hate. <laughs> Peace. I feel like we should have some John Facenda voice, you know. <laughs> this is NFL Films music. You don't get more epic than this. Autumn Thunder, baby. <laughs> <laughs>